after I watched this film, I sent Evan this message. Is Lovecraft just folk horror with aliens? Yeah, ask this fellow here. Yeah. He looks like an agreeable local bumpkin type. I'm going to examine the altar. Here's the crucifix. Must cross-check crucifix against video footage. Deacon, what we saw up there was not normal. Was not normal. Episode 19, The Borderlands. Released in the U.S. as Final Prayer. So, Evan. Hey, Paul. If you haven't listened to episode 18, which is our discussion on the found footage film Lake Mongo, you probably should. Well, in a nutshell, we were planning on tackling all three films as one episode. Right. And then we, and you realized, rightly, why, the, why are we doing this? Yeah, it makes no sense. We feel more comfortable covering them all in depth because we like them all, even if we have issues with things here and there. And really, and we, you know, cover each film in depth mm. rather than edit out a lot of the conversation because we, we were having a good time. And and the thing is, there's nothing wrong with a six-hour uh, podcast, but... Uh, even, I, even I am not going to sit and listen to a six-hour podcast. <laughs> you know, a six-hour podcast of, <laughs> of I don't know, uh, ice cream and pinball machines and cats. <laughs> and I, I, even I would probably conga. Yeah, six hours. Ugh, so... We're not that nuts. So our second film is from... 2013. Yeah, I have to look it up too. It's so funny how we, we're just like, you know. We're well, going to talk, you know, talk about uh, the Borderlands. In the U.S. Um, You'll it, find it on the final prayer. Right. And, and right That's now. That's how I found it. Right now, if we didn't mention that before, all three of the films we're talking about at the time of this recording are available free on Tubi. Right. You'll get some Applebee's ads, some Chili's ads. You'll get ads for being old, ads for having bad credit, right. uh, ads for you need a car delivered to you. Right. And, uh, uh, possibly a uh, person running for Congress that you hate. I'm lucky I haven't seen those, haven't encountered those yet. You'll get a lot of pain, uh, incontinence. So anyway, yeah, everything's so, on Tubi right now. Watch them. We are going very Yeah, we didn't even say that very... last time, but these are, these are movies with multiple spoilers. There's right. a lot of moving parts in these films. This is now episode 19. Wow. Finally. Oh, finally. We're, almost, we're getting to 20 soon? Oh, wow, that'd be knows. good. I don't even know what 19 or 20 matters, but <laughs> I'm just happy that we're doing episodes. I guess we should... I'm Evan. Oh, I, I'm, I'm Paul. I guess we, we're, we're doing a different episode. We changed our shirts and everything. <laughs> I should have. New contestant! Uh, it's, we're not doing a Monday to Friday taping, but yes, it's, this is a Tear Them Apart podcast. We're what? talking Where? about found footage films that we think don't suck and are... Uh, Really Pretty cool. terrific. Yeah. Our second film is, is uh, The Borderlands again, like Final Prayer. 2013. But here's the thing, Evan. Yes, Paul. If I had a, a Blu-ray of this, can I put <laughs> The Borderlands on the shelf next to um, Ghostwatch and The Stone Tapes? Because my argument here is this is a terrific folk horror movie. I don't care if it's found footage. It's definitely folk horror, but it's not folk horror, if you know what I'm saying. It's like, the, it's the thing about all three of these films is that, yes, what we're seeing is the horror movie elements, but it's not what we think we're getting. We're not ghost hunting in these films necessarily, not even in uh, Lake Mungo. No. There is a straight mention of the stone tape. The stone tape is invoked in this film, which is really interesting. This is a Nigel Neal-esque film 
without being overt. Our, you know, our last film, Lake Mongo, is Australian. This is um, British. Right. And it's very British. It's very in British. In a good way. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Elliot Goldner is the our director. Elliot Goldner, who had uh, worked on TV documentaries and mystery investigative phenomena shows after this, but has not made another film. The director, I've already forgotten his name. I'm so terrible with these things. Uh, Joel Anderson on Lake Mungo mm. seems to be choosing not to make a new film the way people seem to be discussing okay. it and driving people nuts, huh. you know, because he owes them something. Um, he hasn't done anything, apparently. Uh, he's a script editor right now. Elliot Goldner's... I mean, these are three films where I, was, I would give these people money if I had it. Well, and I thought, I think, uh, like Lake Mungo, this is a very assured film. Lake Mungo is a fake documentary. Right. What we get with The Borderlands, um, which we should call it because it's a fucking better name for it. I, there's actually another name for it. I think the working title was The Devil Below or something, or The Devil... Yeah. Yeah, something crazy. But it's funny because they all work. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, Final Prayer... Is literal. Yeah. That's what's funny about it. Yeah. It sounds like one of those, you know. Right. It sounds like you know. You, there's, it, it, it almost sounds like it could be an, even an action movie. You know, you're you're dead. But I mean, yeah, it's a it's it's not a bad title. It's a generic title. I mean, the Borderlands is generic. But I, first of all, I just love it's the, something the evocation of it. Right. Um, mm. It works better for me. I prefer the Borderlands myself. So this film is, is very much more like what you think of as traditional found footage. Um, no. You don't think so? I would, I would say that it's more... It's, it, well, see, I'm to s- me, found footage is the people who are walking around with the shaky cam. It's people who are, manipu- who, are, who are holding the cameras and just basically recording everything. It, this is, to me, is like a, su- a, a, a subgenre. It's the paranormal activity. It's surveillance. Well, uh, yeah, okay. Security camera. What, what I... Uh, okay. But yeah. This, well, out of the three of these, this is a, this is a found right. footage film. Because there's cameras Except everywhere all the time. You're not privy to finding the footage. Maybe. I that know. That we'll get to at the end. I know. It's very weird. And here's the thing. This is the only one that doesn't have like a said. exclaimer that says, uh, this is a... Right. We found this footage. And, it doesn't have the type right. that says, uh, this footage is to the best of our knowledge. And what else does it have? have? What we have here is a film... That shows uh, security cameras. Uh, uh, well, actually, there is some straight found right. footage. I'm sorry, the opening. You know, there's head cameras, but there are scenes of the countryside. Yes. There are scenes yes. of the land. Yes. And I, I made note of that. There are, I'm not sure what to make of that. That could be that these are the people presenting this footage, but it's not stated. Yeah. But it breaks format. Right. There are five or six transitional shots of the landscape of the town and the area the hills mm. the, the, you know maybe it's better to get into this once we get into the yeah. structure of the film but it is interesting that the film has uh, omniscient mm. filmmaking even the, if it's only in those of the country of the country because this is a this is a this is folk art this is folk art this is folk art this is this even is, if nothing is actually stated out loud if it walks like folk horror, well, well, acts we, like folk I'm horror, sure we'll... and fucks you over <laughs> like folk horror, it's folk horror. I, I think when we get into the depth of the film, we definitely. could definitely point at oh, very much... I mean, there's, there look, scenes... Once we get into the paganism right. and all that. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be real or, or, or correct in the universe it's portrayed in to be folk horror. It just has to have the elements. Right. And it, no, it's, it's purely folk horror. Right. And I, I also think that... It's know, also like, folk horror a la... Nigel Neal and possibly and Lovecraft. Lovecraft. 
because I, I which is fucking weird right after I watched this film I sent Evan this message is Lovecraft just folk horror with aliens which made me laugh because it's a great sentence um I don't know that's another podcast. That's another podcast. That, that's, that's, for, that's, yeah. But, I, I have to do some reading and some thinking. <laughs> Maybe? When you say Lovecraft, well, I mean, he's got witches. He's got invocations. He's got things buried. I mean, he's got cults. And they're... He's and, got things about the ground. And he's... He, I mean, there's Things the mound, before other things. Things before other things. It certainly shares the cosmic horror ethos insofar as how it deals with religion. I'll tell you, one of the things I also really like about this movie is the, the acting is terrific. Well, the chemistry well, is excellent it, okay, between again, the characters. The same thing for me for Lake Mungo. Butterfly Kisses, it's one of the only things that I ding it for. There's some problems with some of the acting. You could see it as a plus because it's the acting issues are in the student film. Mm. And that's the thing that everybody thinks is bullshit. <laughs> and in fact, they could have even had somebody say, come on, they're acting. Yeah. Which they kind of do. But anyway, that's well, episode three is when we'll really go with it. <laughs> Butterfly Kisses, I think, is going to be... I don't know if... I'm not saying it's the best of the three, but it's it's three fucking movies to discuss in one. Because it's a documentary about a documentary about a documentary, and they all spin off their own interesting... It, there's a lot. It's meta. Yeah. And these are not, oh, yeah. really, and these are not meta. Uh, Butterfly Kisses is just a romp in a mm. way that these... I mean, Borderlands is the most straightforward. It feels, to me, the most film-like... It, exactly. It, it's very it's, linear. It's actually nice. It's, it's nicely shot. They, they they choose even though we are do, everything is being done on head cams and security cams. They are placed perfectly, not only for the surveillance and the needs of the characters, but in some cases the shots are placed perfectly to capture very very beautiful landscapes, very claustrophobic hedgerows mm. and, and 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 spaces. It's just it's a good looking. It, it, Film on a budget. And, and one of the things, the limitations that the fact that they're filming in a found footage, that they're wearing these cameras, they, they use that in the direction very well. There's this right. particular scene we'll bring up when I we're think talking somebody, about it. I think somebody pointed out that it looks like it's shot, that it looks like it was shot by professionals even when it was supposed to be the... Like, they mm. did not just put a camera on somebody's head and have them running around. It's not a film where things are perfectly... Oh, look, there's the we perfectly framed this so you can see that. Mm. They don't do that. And it is edited that clearly, otherwise this would be a uh, 56-hour film right, right. because it, it covers about four days or something like that. But we get a gr we really get a good sense of, of time passing and, and of events notched. Borderlands is the most filmic. Yeah. Mungo gets around the contrivance of filming by having it as a dedicated documentary that dips into found footage judiciously and smartly. Uh, this does a terrific job of straightforward found footage or surveillance footage of they cover themselves the first six minutes of this movie or so uh i actually like those i was like they just they basically set everything up mm. now they spend another 20 minutes getting character and getting incident and getting texture in there but they really burn through the check check testing testing stuff yeah. in, a, in a really decent way uh and and the cynicism of people who don't you know the the cliches I, I they deal with them really well. I was amazed at how well this was paced. The second viewing last night just really helped lock things down and make mm. it a richer experience. If you want to get down to it, I mean, we, we open with what I think is the only technically found footage. It's, it's actually it's actually official. Uh, it's a it's official security footage that is like the, a a uh, it's in Portuguese 
Yeah. And it's it's basically a top you know, something that's warning the viewer this is top secret blah 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 or it, or it's just the official uh notation for the video. Uh and then it goes to the footage of we we see I guess it's a church or some kind of Yeah, it's, it's a church or I think oh, I don't know if it's a church. I think they call it something else later on, but for all effects and purposes right. a a religious. And what we wind up seeing is there's I guess police officers. Right. Yeah, police officers are going through this location where there's religious, like yeah. Right, and and we see them pulling bricks out of the wall. Yeah, we see religious. We see a, 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 a table full of religious iconography, and then we see them starting to remove uh, camera equipment, security sound equipment. Right, and and you see that there looks to be speakers in the walls. Or something in the walls. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that it. Yeah, it's it's modern technology that they're pulling out that they knew was placed there. They play a recording. We'll learn later that this was an incident in Brazil. What we know is that we do see one of our main characters in this opening footage. Right. It appears he's come on the scene with the police, and he is asking them not to film him there. And he is, I think, talking to somebody about disappearances. Everything's gone badly. Right. And uh, clearly, something. Terrible has happened. That will be revealed as we go along. And then we get our first uh, non-footage, I, I wrote it, non-footage shot of the English countryside. We have uh, a techie. His name is Gray. Gray, who is... Very John Oliver. Yeah, I think his name's Gray Parker. Uh, yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Not Trey Parker. It would be a, di- a different film, I think. Um, but yeah, Gray, and he is our techie, and he's he's doing... We're getting through the cliche opening. We're right. getting our cameras set up. We're right. getting our... There's some situa- small little living space that these guys are putting cameras yeah, in. Yeah, there's like a, a, not a cabin. What would you call it in England? I don't know. A flat? No, it's not a flat. It's not a flat. That's like an apartment. They don't have a lift or a boot or a trunk sale. Ugh. But yeah, it's it. they've got a, a, a place, a right. little home. Right. And, a cozy little place. And we're, we're introduced it's a to... a bed and breakfast probably or something like that even. It's a rental, it's, yeah. but it's like a house, yeah. We're, we're introduced to Gray, and then we're introduced to our. If anybody English is listening, if Scott, Dor- they're probably yelling the word at us that we're that we're looking for. <laughs> right. And and it's like on the tip of my goddamn tongue, but it's like I can, cottage. And um, a co- it's maybe a cottage. Sure. Who the fuck look. knows? Who cares? How, and you know what? I think it's a flat. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry. So. We're, we're introduced to, to Gray, our techie, and we're introduced to Deacon, who we've seen in the footage at the beginning. Yeah, Gray is for, he's installing everything. And uh, yeah, Gray, Deacon appears pretty quickly, and it's a quick contrast study between yeah. the two of them. And yeah, Deacon is the guy that we saw reporting in, uh, in Brazil, on whatever tragedy happened there and right off the bat we know a little bit about Deacon and a little bit about yeah it, Gray. The, the characters work very well the characters in some ways the skeleton of this film I like everything about this film but the characters if they did not work as well as they did doing the thing that I shouldn't do looking at I internet movie database reviews where people are like stupid characters terrible acting and I'm just like you know don't even talk to me. You know, uh, uh, I'm not saying that they that you cannot like this film, but I'm right. like, this is a professionally acted <laughs> film, right? All right, they're doing, I think, an incredibly good naturalistic job here. Oh yeah, Deacon, we know right away, seems to be the more serious one. 
haunted, maybe? Definitely something. Well, clearly it's easy to make the connection that there's a something from first the opening shot where we first meet him. That didn't make him a happy lad, but yeah, world weary, taciturn. There's there's definitely plus he starts drinking pretty early. Mm. And what's great is that he's not a sloppy drunk, if you know what I'm saying. He's not like a dramatic drunk. Right. There's really only one scene where the alcohol kind of gets to him, and it, it makes sense. He's not drunk so that they can have drunken arguments. Right. One thing that I really like about all three of these movies is that there's not a lot of arguing. If you, I mean, there's arguing, but the arguing isn't that empty arguing of, we should have gone left, you're an asshole, right. you, we should have gone right. You always hate that. The arguing and belittling dialogue where people are fucking with each other. I mean, certainly our group... <laughs> Back in the day, we were an insulting, stupid bunch of people, but we really did like each other. We're still mostly friends, blah, blah, blah. You, you, they feel like characters who are just saying dialogue mm. because they need 10 minutes of establishing stuff. Or they need fighting and infighting because that's the only dramatic tension that they can think of. Right. They can't have characters doing smart things. The arguments in Borderlands are over real issues and mm. over belief and over decision making. The arguments in Butterfly Kisses is the same. And then there's personality clashes but it's not a bunch of people acting like reggie and archie you know no. sniping over betty and veronica or just calling each other assholes or you know fuck you you know gray is a character who is kind of goofy and kind of flippant he's obnoxious but he's not unlikable at no, all no a lot of people don't seem to like him but i i like him he did not cross over into uh i wish he'd shut up no, not he's, at all. He's our eyes. What we learn is that this is that he is setting up the tech for a. Uh, they, I think they're members of the congregation. I think they're called later by uh, uh, the guy running the show. But him, Deacon, and a, and a character named Mark, who is appearing later, are a team that has been sent to investigate a potential miracle in right. this town. And he is the agnostic. He is not. He, in fact, they, find, they later find out he lied to them. Yeah. Because the they're from the Vatican. They've been sent by the Vatican. Right. They are not. A lot of people who have who have reviewed this have said that they're ghost hunters or that, oh. or that they're a team of paranormal experts sent by the Vatican. There's a bureaucrat practically, well, a guy who's supposed to do probably most of the work, and a tech support right. guy. He has nothing to do right. with them. He's a higher. Gray is someone who lied on his application. Yeah, to he get said this he was job. really. He, yeah, they find out later he lied that I he was. I believe religious. it's something. He's here for the money. Deacon is. Um, he's a, a brother. Order. He's, I'm not yeah. quite sure how that well, stuff. Well, the works. thing is, he's not. He's not a deacon. He's. He's not. Right. It's an not, interesting choice. He's not names. a priest, but most likely he's in an order where he's taken a vow of celibacy right. and other stuff. That's it, mentioned. It's funny because he says something about women. And he goes, "I wouldn't know." Right. So they don't hammer that shit down. And no. Deacon's a terrific character Ugh. because when you get into a movie like The Exorcist or films that are about religion, part of my brain all starts to go, warning, warning, religious stuff. I kind of don't. Sure. I'm an agnostic and I find that stuff really can bog down a film. I, I, I get William Peter Blatty's really worked up over this stuff and things like that. But in general, I find that it can impede films. It can turn into a lot of... You know, the same reason I don't want to go to church or go near people's religious ceremonies is because I find them boring, creepy. And I'm sorry, folks, if I'm insulting. Well, I think, I think the problem is the, the way you I see I find it, that stuff stayed well, in those characters kind of boring. I, I'm an atheist. I don't, I don't want to see a character that's supposed to convince me about God being right. real in that. I, I worry that, just, exactly. I worry that there's going to be characters who are trying to proselytize throughout the film and convert people. And you don't get this in this film. <laughs> In fact, quite, quite the opposite. Right. This is a business oh, endeavor. Yeah. This is an investigation. This is not 
They are not bringing light to the masses. They are not trying. Well, we'll get to this, but basically, it's an atypical group of, of investigators. Right. They the Vatican not, is they not, are not send- even talking about the paranormal. Right. The, the Vatican is not sending true believers to find anything that could be a miracle. They have sent people to basically find out what the hoax behind this right. is because they don't believe in miracles. Right. So our team. It's very, very different. And it's very believable mm. the way it's presented. It's not like, you know, when, this is not pulp. We don't get a hotshot team of. Vatican sharpshooters with, you know, scopes. You know what I'm saying? It's not, you know. It's funny also because um, right off the bat, we have an issue. We have seen Deacon in a location in Elam, Brazil, which I looked up mean is uh, Bethlehem. Yeah. Which I'm sure is obvious to some people. Must mean something. Not me. Oh, gosh. Connotation. Uh, But right off the bat, there's something odd with Deacon. Because first of all, he doesn't want to really deal with. He hates the tech. Yeah. Uh, He doesn't want to wear the head... Um, he's annoyed because they have a third he, person he calls it big brother shit at one point <laughs> I, which, which made me laugh because there's some really good there's actually some oh, yeah. good natural humor in this. Yeah. Deacon is the thing that's funny is that Gray is our humor character and our every man who we're going to see these events through his eyes so he's the one who's going to ask questions like what's this and how did that work and why are you here and you know have you done this before? you know and we're going to learn things and he's all he's our comedy relief, but Deacon is actually very funny mm. he's just written to be funny in a different way, which is, thank you, that really is kind of nice to see. He's low-key, deadpan, says a lot of funny shit in these opening scenes where we get to know the two of them. And he's gruff to Gray, but he tells Gray that he's never worked with this tech stuff before. On, on the second viewing, I didn't want to put in more to that, knowing what I knew, but the fact is, he is shown in a location. But I, it's hard to tell. But the tech stuff might be yes. constant you're right. surveillance. You're because right. I think you're right. I think you're right. No, I think you're right. I think I'm making too much of it because of prior knowledge. Yeah. We have Gray, our tech. We have Deacon, our laid person, who, like you said, probably does all the work and is really the investigator. And our bureaucrat is Father Mark. Mark. And uh, his name actually means something in Irish, it turns out. Yeah. It means yeah. fool. Yeah. His last name, which I, but I call him I Father have, Mark to yeah, get the call, father. Yeah, Mark was, uh, yeah, I have his name somewhere else. Mark Amadon. There you go. Gray Parker. And I don't know if we get Deacon's last I name. I think you do it in the credits. You might, yeah, right. but that's interesting. Mark is a little late. Father yeah, Mark is yeah. late for showing we up. Get to sp- I, they make the choice for us to spend time with Deacon and Gray because they really are our main two characters and personalities. And they play off each other very, very mm. well. And we basically get to see them start bonding over mm. about a two-day period as yeah. they install the equipment. I, I wrote, I said that in six minutes, they've got a sense of the earlier tragedy, sense of the characters, the parameters of what they're doing, the town, motivations for the investigation, and a hint of mystery. We learned that either here or very soon, the reason that they want everything covered in both the cottage if and at the church that we're going to meet soon, the the place where the miracle has supposedly taken place is they that there were lapses in coverage in Bellum. Uh, I think that's a like a straight line of dialogue that uh, Gray basically says they don't want they want everything covered because there were lapses in the footage on Bellum and they lost material. That makes perfect sense. Mm. They would want to make sure, because again, we have the specter of hoaxing, which is part of this story. And there's a mystery about Bellum that we don't know yet. Exactly. Mm. We know that it's important, and it becomes increasingly important over time. Uh, but ba- but it's a great, it's a great, they have to wear the head cams, and they set the parameters up of, we will, the head cams will be on at all times, 
unless we're showering or going to the bathroom because uh, Deacon makes that clear. <laughs> I'm not wearing these to go, you know, and that's terrific. Mm. It also allows for a smoother filmmaking because we can cut from paranormal activity ca- security cameras to the head cams, which are not shaky. Even mm. when they're running, they don't even do a lot of running with the, with the head cams, to be quite honest. But when they're walking or anything like that, then they will cut to the better head cam shots a lot. They'll cut to Deacon's head cam. They place them uh, on the night tables when they go to sleep at night, but they're still going. So we have 24-hour coverage except for, you know, very, very short things. Something is always filming. That sets up our sandbox. Well, our two characters, well, Deacon is annoyed that Mark, Father Mark hasn't showed up. So he says, fuck it, let's go to the church. Yeah, I think they go shopping first. So we get to, yeah, we get to see the town. And this, I love this. There's a point where they, in the car, they ask a local yeah, yeah. where the church is. And this is our first hint that there's something weird with the townsfolk yeah. in this place. Although it's really interesting because you're not quite, it doesn't work out the way that it normally does. Right, and it almost contradicts each other. Yeah, it's our first, it's our first uh, folk horror beat of, mm, exactly. of uh, you know, you're all going to die. Except this guy just basically won't talk to them. He just <laughs> stares at them. <laughs> this guy doesn't show up again. He's just man on the road. <laughs> but, uh, and Gray is an asshole to him. Yeah. I mean, Gray becomes less of an asshole also is one thing that I like. He he ends up becoming more compassionate. Not like, you know, oh, I love all people and this and that. But he, uh, Deacon is admonishing him for his behavior or basically trying to get him to shut the fuck up a lot because he's being really obnoxious because he's just bored. You know, mm. city guy. Yeah. In this, there, He actually says something. It's like basically it's the Middle Ages in this place. And uh, yeah, the guy won't give them directions, but he, do- he doesn't shake or shudder or point at them. It's a nice take on the places, a little, a question mark. Right. And then they go to the church. And, they, and, they, and they're not supposed to be there. No, but not without that. Mark. That is a... Uh, Father Mark. He's, he, yeah, this is, a, this is important to know. Uh, I, I, the, on the second watching, Deacon's choices, I started noticing much more the pattern. Okay. Which works really well, for good or bad. <laughs> and uh, I found that really fascinating. He's not a rebel, if you know what I'm saying. He's not pounding the desk and turning his badge in. But he doesn't like to listen to people. And he is very sure of himself in his quiet way. <laughs> I'm shaking my head right now. But it's great. It's just, it works for the film very well, I think. But uh, yeah, he's, he, just, he, w- he just wants to get down to it. I just wanted to point out that um, Bell's in the middle of the night. Right. It's bells at night, and somebody says, bit late for bells, isn't it? And it's like, yeah. that's your weird little Robert Aikman kind of, you know, the, uh, uh, ringing the changes made me think of. I'm just like, why are the bells going off? We find out later on. And it's, again, not exactly what you might think, you mm. know, because of the, of the folk horror angle or whatnot. But we also pick up some teenagers. The cameras at night, when the first night that they sleep, there's some kids hanging out uh, outside the, uh, the place they're staying. We hear voices and shadows and things like that, which becomes important as important the, later yeah. on. Yeah, we get the local bumpkin color, and then we get that weird guy. And uh, when they go to the church, we get a line of dialogue from Gray, if you remember. They they hear a dog. Okay. And the dog is killing a rabbit, I think. We can't quite see, but he's killing an animal. Oh, dude. That's nature for you, Deacon. Big stuff eating little stuff. This is folded into his patter. Because that's nature for you, Deacon. Big stuff eating little stuff. <laughs> I did not catch that 
until I... I don't think I caught that until you said it to me. I didn't catch it until somebody pointed it out. I don't know if I would have caught it on the second... You know, I'd I'd love to be smart enough to... (laughs) But no, I did not catch it because to me it was just local color and making the dull stuff interesting, which they do really well in the first 10 minutes of this movie. Mm. And and what's also nice about Gray is Gray, Gray isn't an idiot. Not at all. Nobody in this movie is an idiot. Not at all. Everyone thinks that they're doing the right thing. Yeah, and everybody everyone thinks has, they're right. Everyone thinks they're right. Everyone has motivations. Nobody's in it for themselves, really. But yeah, these characters are all making decisions based on what they see and what they feel. They're bringing their points of view to it. But it's well written so that you, it's consistent. Choices that, that are made by the characters that might not be in their best interest in the long run are not done for stupid reasons and plot contrivances. Right. Even if characters go places that you wouldn't. There's a reason. I And I buy it. Yeah. And I buy it. Building this friendship between Gray and Deacon, they do it really well in the short amount of time that they have, but it builds slowly over the days. There is There are good incidents, and they fold that into exposition and dialogue, which gives you background and gives you different viewpoints. You know, throughout, the, throughout those early stages of the movie, Deacon and Gray go back and forth on things, and they bond through that, those conversations and through the joking. It's well done because it's not just let's put a joke here. It's let's put a joke here, but let's also let's have this dialogue and these jokes point to character, point to the way they the way they bounce off each other and play off each other is is just terrific. I would have watched these two characters go on to other adventures. Spoilers. (laughs) Well, there's no more movies, but you know what I'm saying. Right. You know. You know. I mean. Right. It's rare in horror when you have characters. That you really care if they live. Yeah. Most of the time, I watch a movie and can't wait till people. The reason. The only reason you're given. To like the characters in the movie usually is because this is the only one that isn't an idiot, mm. or this one's very attractive, right. or not necessarily personalities. You know, it's it's physical attributes and where they're placed in the pecking order. You're supposed to like these two because that's our lead guy and that's our lead girl. But this movie gives you actual characters. Yeah. Even Mark, who is not likable, is is a believable character. Before we meet Mark, sure. Um, Let's get. We are at the church, which is it's a very right. And, important and now we're seeing a. There's a lot of really good setup. When we enter, we get, the, yeah, we get we get a, a quick tour of the grounds through the cameras. When we meet the priest of the church, Father Krillick, he's doing mass. There's like two or three old I ladies. I think there's in that two place. people. That's it. And, and there's an old guy standing outside waiting for his wife. No, he won't th- go in. That's. I thought that I love was that. terrific. There's so many ways to interpret that. So Gray's outside. Gray's outside. And he's smoking his cigarettes that he rolls that look and like And he's jokes. trying to start a conversation with this old townie who will also does not respond or Doesn't talk to him. Doesn't give a fuck about Says him. not one word. The woman says no word. We cut back and forth between that and the, the and mass where Deacon is watching for a minute or two and Deacon leaves. He won't. He's supposed to be, you know, we, you, th- you think out of respect or... Right. observation he would watch Carrick he just basically walks out and goes real real cheery stuff or something mm. like that because Carrick is obviously he's an intense he's doing some blood and thunder shit and uh, to an audience of two and he's clearly high high strung we learn that the man Gray is talking to is waiting for the one of the old yeah. ladies inside yeah I thought he was groundskeeper that was at very, first or something that like really that. affected me because I, I did grow up Catholic yeah. I was an altar boy you know and all that shit and <laughs> The fact that what we presume is the husband going, I'm not fucking going right. There. It rings true, right? But it also rings as odd. It does. Why is that? This is we keep. You can, we, it's just something that you can add add to everything else. We might be wrong about it because mm. 
Is there a conflict him being irreligious? Um, is it he doesn't like Krellick? Mm. Is he doesn't like this church? Is he just some guy who's... A... Now, I have, I have a question for you. How long do you think the church has been reopened? Is it only been a few they months? They say it. Uh, I didn't they catch say the exact time. Uh, the church was only... The church was... Because, yeah, since I had seen this fairly recently, I just made lots of notes to see what would stick mm. in my head. But, yes, the church reopened two months. It's only been open for two months. Right. And I think the church goes back to the 13th century or something like that. But it's only been open two months. Right. He's got no congregation. Father Krellick meets the two of them. And Krellick says some... I forget exactly what Krellick says. He makes He makes some comment about deacon's appearance about the fact that he's dressed informally i think because he thought he would be the most underdressed i guess he was it's an interesting it's a great scene it's a like a lot of the scenes in this film it folds different pieces of information one krellick is disappointed interesting because krellick wanted more of a showing krellick has something he very important to him that he wants treated importantly he wanted some pomp and circumstance uh, it looks like, you know what I'm saying? Sure. He wanted to see the Vatican representative. And he gets this guy who looks like, you know, cheers, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah. And Deacon shuts him down, shuts the rebuff, the, the slight rebuff down by saying something to him about pride and humility, grace to the humble, which establishes his credentials, but also basically tells Krellick, cool your jets. <laughs> yeah. thought that was a really nice scene that I didn't catch the implications the first time. And then I think we go into this found footage. It turns out that the reason the Vatican's been called is uh, Father Krillick was doing a baptism. You said before there was only, in the church, there were two people in it. When we see this event, yeah, there's more people there. Yeah, to me, I was wondering if it was extended family because mm -hmm. it's such a, such a small town. My thought is after the incident, sure. there's a very good chance that the word of that got oh, out yeah. and is affecting who is going oh, to the that church makes, and how that it's makes, going to go. That makes definite sense that, you know, basically... Although, on the other hand, you might think that people would believe, yeah, there's a miracle, but we don't know this town. But there's something weird with well, this town. This and the town the folks' funny, motivations are weird. The f town's folks' motivations are also one of the things that they don't... You, you're not going to get Wicker Man here. If, no. no spoilers. And that's an interesting choice. Uh, kind of like... An, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's a dialing down from what you would expect in the normal horror movie parlance. You can this plausible deniability that there's anything stupid, and in this one, you you do not get uh, pitchforks and torches. You do not get the uh, you know everybody. You don't get Rosemary's Baby. Right. It's not the angle, but but there's something palpable about the town. Right. It's actually kind of it's really hard to tell where the town's coming from. Exactly. Maybe. Right. You don't you don't find you out don't, that they're a part of a cult where they right. wear the same stupid That's the outfit. Thing. They don't all of a sudden reveal. Tattoos of, of 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 the sigil that we'll yeah. find later. You know, you don't. They don't. They, that, there's nobody out burning things. Well, they are, but there's nobody burning uh, a wicker man out there and chanting around it. We do not get a. We do not get a dead on palpable sense of the town's attitude towards the church, and in fact, that's why that later on there's a scene in the bar. Which which I'm I actually quite, haven't. I have a problem with that. I'm not. I, I had a problem. With one that of myself. two problems with, but we'll get to that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it, there's plausible reasons why, because uh, they were also just in a shit mood. Right. But, uh, and they might have just been saying mm. us versus them, but still, yeah. But yeah, we, well, the found footage is important. When he's doing the ceremony, there seems to no, that's be... That's right, it is our second use of sound found footage. I think I said that, that 
Bellum was it, but yeah, we have the miracle. Yeah, and, and what you get is you get something shaky, things are knocked down, There's the camera goes we get the, fuzzy. We get the, the camera glitches, we get certain elements that are going to be seen later on in right. security footage that, we, that are going to become commonplace in the film. We get a kind of scratching, rumbling sound of like tension, you know. It's almost like an earthquake, but it's it, not. It's, it's it's mild, but it's kind of like we get we get we get like the house is settling kind of noises, <laughs> okay. and then we kind of get a thrumming, mm-hmm. and then the table shakes, candles fall, candelabras and things fall over. And, and he bleeds from the nose. He bleeds from the nose. And he finds that to be a miracle. We see in the footage yeah. that he thinks a miracle has happened. Yeah, the blood. And, and he says, Father. And then it cuts off. Right. And I think we uh, pull back and we're, it, it's, it's Deacon. And we see that they're in the, they, they have the Right, and then I think Father Mark shows up, right? Um, at that point? Well, we find out. I think at this point we find out that the church was open two months earlier. Uh, Deacon takes the church records back with him. To look through, sixteen minutes in, I think we have everything pretty much in line, uh, because they start setting up the church surveillance equipment. The interesting thing is that Gray thinks the video is impressive, and he's the, he's the tech guy. Deacon is blasé about it, and you almost think that he's never seen anything real, that he might never have encountered. Anything. This is a this is a weary detective cop who's seen it all character, mm. uh, in, in a different context. He's. He believes he, he pretty much flat out is like he's unimpressed and basically believes it's a hoax. I think mm. he, he he might be saying that right off. The church equipment is set up. Mark hasn't shown up yet. They go to the bar. Gray Gray is thrown by Deacon's calm, the, and that the way that miracles are not immediately believed. If I know it's Deacon's cynicism, skepticism, and history of debunking miracles, the lengths people go to fakery, he basically infers that yeah they've never that you know people fake these right there is a somewhere during the the, we get the our, movie yeah they, well yeah. let's mention it now if we don't know where it is there's a case where grace says well what about this case with this girl she had stigmata and dinkin said that kid's mother cut her hands and feet every day and she wound up dying she, she gets septic and, and dies from it and the mother continues right to believe that they can make use of this and that right. it's uh, the poltergeist style details in Lake Mungo that's a very that is that is a very that's that's happened sure and and I think it it establishes <coughs> the lengths that someone yes. might go to uh mark there is one there's a I've noticed this just for the hell of it there's another image of the landscape and sky mm. a transition shot and these are the only non-footage shots like we talked about mark arrives that night from the Vatican and he's a dick smug uptight by the book <laughs> And angry at Deacon for investigating on his own without him. A scene ends with him basically telling Gray, all you need to know, all you need to remember, Gray, is who's in charge. Right. And we also learn from, I think that's the scene where we learn that this is Deacon coming back to doing investigations since yeah, the Brazil yeah. incident. Uh, then we get our first really overt, awful thing. While they're eating fish and chips, they hear a horrible noise screaming and there's a sheep on fire outside it's a sheep they find it and they don't know what it is they scramble out there and there is a sheep on fire dying out on the uh, on the grounds and uh, uh, Deacon assumes it's kids from the village yeah and it's fucking awful 
Yeah. And Gray loses it. Gray's throwing up sick, disgusted. You know, this is not his. And the other two, they handle it, <laughs> which is like really kind of wild. You know what I mean? It's just right. like, yeah, they've, they've seen shit, I guess. Or they know. The, I mean, Deacon clearly has seen shit because he's he's been, he, he reported from that location where something went down. But yeah, that was just. We get gray is gray is not up for and it also sets any up the, hard stuff and it also sets up the possibility that maybe what's going on in this town is is the result right. of people's fucker right I mean this is this is this is fuck with the city folk but this also could be you should not be here right. this is our this is our middle aged village in the middle of nowhere you bring your cameras and you bring your crap here you're not wanted this and gray is obnoxious so yeah we, we might be heading towards that you know secret cult right that's what our brains are telling us from our our prior knowledge from watching lots of movies we then get shots of the church at night like the scenes the transition scenes of the of the the surrounding countryside we will have transition scenes to the church pretty often Mm. sometimes without incident these are the paranormal activity type shots i guess i mean i'm we are getting feed we're seeing the feed from the security cameras we're getting some of that paranormal stuff there's sounds, there's doors creaking, and then we get Carrick. Carrick is coming to the church at night to pray. That's weird. And then we get glitching on the cameras, and Krellick looks unhappy. And then we get some background. Right. We, like you said before, Deacon has the records. I actually could, I should, I wanted to look up this guy's name because you might know it because you were watching with the uh... Mandeville? Yeah, I, could, I didn't know how to spell it or how yeah, to pronounce it's it. Mandeville. Dr. Pritchard Mandeville. Mm. And the, the deal with him is he finds a, a diary or a journal that he has. And right. you find out There's there a, that... This guy's, this guy's journal is in with the church records. Right. When you look through this, this looks more like the Necronomicon. Yeah. A little. There's, is, is, it's is, dirty. Do we see the sigil I think we here? see some drawings. I'm not sure. We might see the sigil. But I mean, this is, this, is our, this is our Call of Cthulhu investigation team finding, using a library role right. Right. to learn some new background right. introduced into this about a guy who was, in, he was around 1880. Well, it turns out the church closed in 1880. Yeah. He was the last... Yeah. Minister, they say he was called by the Lord to reopen this. Well, he right. says that he had. Oh no, the Lord called him to open an orphanage. He Sorry. had dreams yeah. that he should open an orphanage there. So now that we know that that fucking church has been closed from eight, sometime in the eighteen eighties, yeah. they don't know exactly Until what two year. Two months ago, we also get Mandeville talking about his dislike of the town, and that it's a curious place. Yeah, and he's not. He does not like it. There's something wrong there. Right. Hmm. Okay. <laughs> Which is leading us more towards that wicker man kind of. Right. We're waiting to see our poor guys thrown into a wicker man at the end of this thing or something like that. The next And also, you get a really good progression of day, after, morning, afternoon, night, sleep. I mean, it really lays things out in a nice way without being boring or anything, but you really get a sense of progression. Mm. That they're, while they're learning things, while the day is going on, where they are and what time it is. Um, the church was built in 1260. Okay. Krellick is... An, oh, that's right. They go to the church to start uh, investigating. Yeah. Uh, uh, and uh, Krellick is basically given his marching orders. Marcus, <laughs> Mark, Give us he, the keys. And, and he, he, he calls it the keys of the kingdom. Yeah. Which is an interesting yeah. way of putting it. And he's asked to leave. Yeah. In a nice-ish... But Mark is a... Mark's... 
piece of shit. Yeah, I was going to say Mark's a <laughs> and, and Mark basically, yeah, Mark uh, just, you know, take a hike. They start doing the, they make the, the rounds for an official report. Very perfunctory in some ways, which is, you know, very businesslike. And uh, they're investigating the site and they want to cross check. Is this the candlestick that was in the video? Are these the same things that we saw? Right. I think that's the part when Mark picks up a, a cross and calls it a crucifix a couple of times. Which is a bit, obviously, all the Catholics. obviously a huge mistake. Yeah. And uh, curses this film. And the, and the funny thing, so the clergymen are basically debunking the crap out of everything. They're questioning everything and basically naysaying every question Gray has. Because Gray is interested, obviously, and he's kind of fascinated. Right. The video looked real to him. Right. But they're starting to basically tell him the magician's tricks. Right. There could be a speaker under the altar that could shake everything. He could be manipulating things with strings. He wants to know why would he do this? Because it's funny that the agnostic kind of can't see that a religious person would ever do anything wrong. Which I didn't think about beforehand. But came to me because that plays into later dialogue between him and Dickon about sin. And about the fact that holy people can do wrong too. And, and whatnot but everything he brings up they basically give him chapter and verse on fakery and they start you start getting the idea that they don't believe yeah. in miracles no and and, and and that will be even better expressed yes. in the end mark is snotty about his questions and basically says that this is this stuff drags us back to the dark ages yeah he even he just outright says it right then there so they're looking for hidden speakers uh they start looking for magnetic fields and start doing the proper investigation of the site uh, and then we start switching between head cameras and surveillance footage. We get another uh, transitional, not not really transitional, but we get another element that we, we haven't mentioned really before is that we get exposition through Gray making phone calls. Right. And he's been bitching and moaning about the, the Wi-Fi being fairly non-existent. His signal drops quite a bit. And actually, in a lot of movies, that's such an obnoxious thing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's like dropping the gun or dropping the keys down the sewer grate. Whoops. You know, or it's just so convenient. But it's super believable. Well, it's used more in this to show that there's something off, not as a plot point to restrict or mo- but, but move they, action. But they, they really are. They're in a dead spot. I mean, they're in a town that's medieval, you know, and they don't have a... You do not see people walking around with phones. I mean, it's a small populace. There's no TV in the bar. Do you know what I mean? I mean, these little details add up. And they, yeah, they have shitty reception. It also affects, I didn't know, I didn't, I'm bad with tech stuff, but reading about the film, it's why some of the equipment that they use has to be not as up to date necessarily, or why they had to use certain kinds of equipment. Gray gives us his take on things in these phone calls, and he asks questions that don't necessarily get answered. But he seems to be talking to someone from the the congregation who hired them. Right, the, someone the that Vatican. he probably uh, directly communicated. An in-betweener, whoever he lied to probably about being religious. Right. Although the opening phone call sounds like he might actually be talking to someone he knows. I think he might have been talking to a woman or something like that. That's what... We get some things laid out by Gray complaining about them or wondering about them, you know, uh, in those segments, which allows him to basically get things off his chest that help the viewer position themselves and, you know, also get his take his layman's take on some of these things, his questions that he doesn't ask them, things like that. It's exposition. It's done nicely. Mm. And it's done quickly. Uh, and then I think we get um, we get another night. We get noises. Or Something we get happens the... to Mark in the church then. Uh, I don't know if that happens yet. Oh, okay. They go. Okay, we get the uh, we get the. Okay, all right. Sorry, my notes screwed me up. We get a fake jump scare. Right. We get a jump scare with the dog. I right. Think, I think at that point 
so that we have a little something. But it's interesting that that dog, uh, you know, is an element of the town and the landscape. We don't know who's, you know, it's just a thing. Does it work? I don't know, but whatever. But yeah, here's where we get the first real What's going bad on? thing. Something it, 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 overtly. It's not just creepy. It's overt uh, to the investigators. Uh, which is like you said, yeah. I think Mark is th- this. He sounds, discovers that corridor, right? And he's in, he's he's investigating because one of the things with the church is it also looks like they're doing some renovations or they're blocking parts off that need to be fixed. It's or it's something. decrepit. It's hard to tell if they were trying to. Yeah, are they trying to it's fix plastic. things or is that the place? Yeah, I mean that's probably. Yeah. That they were that he's trying. It's only been open two months. They pro- I mean they might be doing whitewashing. He but goes into we this get little... The noises, we get the, the crawling and scratching and the rumbling noises behind the walls again, and that's how Mark... Yeah. Mark winds up... This is important. The location is important. There's like a... a, a, a... But is that the same location that we see Yeah, there? I think that's it. So oh, I'm no. I'm not sure of that. No. No, it's not. I think there's two locations. Yeah. There's two... This is a small. This is a small panel, and then there's the thing behind the bookcase, which right. I think is the door. Right. But this is a panel that he finds, like a set to... Uh, you know, set back a little ways, and I think he opens it. He's into and he's it. Kind of assaulted by something happens to him, and he is now, he's a little fucked up. And his he's ears, bleeding. his ears bleeding. He's, he's unconscious. Bleeding. He's he's yeah. he's either he's either fogged out or unconscious. I think they cut away pretty quickly from that. Mm. Mark said, Mark's basically blowing it off and thinking that saying there's rats. He won't go to a doctor. <laughs> so we get rats in the walls, which is uh, possibly a Lovecraft reference. Who the fuck knows? But I mean, yeah, there's rats all over. You know, he won't see a doctor. He's being a dick. And that night, Gray is talking about his feelings that there's like something in the church. Like, is there a pre- there's a presence in the church, he feels. And it's funny. And then Deacon says, well, it is a church. <laughs> right. And, oh, I think that the, the it's not a church, but it's a shrine in Bellum. I'm not sure. Sh- I think they call it a shrine. Okay. God only knows. Right, that because that, this is But now... they also call the crucifix, uh, right. cross a crucifix. So, so what they, now in the bonding between Gray and Deacon. And it's a bonding scene. Exactly. Yeah. With exposition, which right. is the perfect way to do it. Deacon starts explaining what went wrong in Brazil, and he's he talks about. But he t- he talks it for, he talks about it from a removal. Right. That's important. So what he describes that there was an investigation there. I think there were seven priests. I don't think he talks about it here. I don't think we learn about that yet. Well, I, my notes say. Uh, Brazil saw God disappear. DMT. That's the thing. I don't think they talk about the. Yeah, they talk about that this was a shrine that was supposedly had miracle healing, and that people saw God. It was like Lord. The, the team dis. He, yeah, he, and the he, team. The team that they sent disappeared. Right. The, the people who were like them were sent in. They disappeared. They were found in the jungle, and they found chemical traces on them. Right. So that, for lack of a better way, the debunking of any spirit of any uh, occult. Not bad mushrooms, but something like that. that right, they hallucination. got. They said it, they. He, he specifically says DMT, and I believe that's yes, also where DMT. he says there's talk of seeing God, and some of the priests didn't have eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad shit happened, but they're bl- basically blaming it on hallucinations right. and 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 chemical. It wasn't a supernatural yeah. thing. The priests got. Fucked. They up. got dosed. And, they got dosed, uh, yeah. and they went crazy. It's an interesting bit of business. Which I didn't uh, catch the first time because, I mean, Deacon, they're drinking. And Deacon is, of course, putting it away. And uh, Deacon does a magic trick, which is funny because earlier, (laughs) while we're getting to know, uh, while uh, Deacon is avoiding hanging out with uh, 
Gray in the early stages of the you know pre-bonding, Gray does a magic. He's doing card manipulation. Yeah. He's making cards disappear and right. reappear. It's a cute bit of business. Then later on, at, at the end of this scene, Deacon puts a bullet point on what he's saying by say, he says, "Don't believe everything you see." Right. And he does a trick where he pops a coin into his empty beer bottle. But it's interesting because the fact is, well, but he did really do that. So I mean, <laughs> I don't know what you mean by, and he traps something into a small space, which. <laughs> bad juju <laughs> you know yeah gray's like how did he do that and he's just like and it's funny because you know it plays on magic not magic um uh, belief and then there's kind of possibly a visual uh foreshadowing right all in the same scene unless i'm reading too much into it but it's a, it's a neat little scene and then we get more surveillance in church the sounds are different in, in my notes i have that there's almost like a bellows of like a shuddering you know right and the bells ring so this is where we got that bell ring. And I think there's I think I think there's also another shot again where Krillick is back in the church. Yeah, he is in the church. We yeah. keep on seeing no, him he, going he, to the he, church. He's gone, every night. he's gone to the church again and this we also hear the bell ringing at night which must be the bell that they heard on their first night there. So it's not like, you know, cultists are running to the church and calling, you know, a sabbat or anything like the the church bell just hmm. rings while this noises are happening. Uh, the next morning we get more oh. of the diary. You know, that's when we definitely see the symbols. And we get uh, we get the idea that uh, Mandeville, our last keeper of this church, yeah. was having dreams. Yeah. And that he... They brought him here. And they brought him here, and he has a new master. More cages, sick to my core. The dreams drew me here, perhaps always him. I beseech you, reader, leave this place, this village, a painted facade. He lies beneath, ever hungrier for souls. In this bit. Now I see the perfect, hideous logic of the orphanage. I may have a new master now. And that's it. It's the last thing he wrote. <sighs> yeah, he says, he lies beneath. Ever hungry for souls. <laughs> I may have a new master here. The village is a facade, which is nifty and mm. creepy. Steakin's like, yeah, that's just not... He kind of blows that off as uh, zealot talk. He's more interested in Krellick putting put that with the church records so that they would read it. Krellick wanted them to go through these records uh, for purposes Krellick has. Uh, but yeah, that's all creepy as shit. Mm. You got an orphanage. Now, I'm like, you know, here's one reveal that wasn't really too scary to me. But, you know, when you start talking about creepy churches and orphanages, you, yeah, I don't think those kids had a good, you know what I mean? <laughs> I don't think those kids. Was it like Annie? They were yeah, I don't, I don't think, I think they had the, a much worse than a hard knock life. <laughs> you know, it's not, no, those kids aren't characters and we don't have a new orphan. So, that's, so you know sure. what I mean? I don't right. think we're blowing anything by basically saying, those kids weren't happy. <laughs> Those kids were not here to swim and right. pl you know play in ponds, right. and, and you know play with hoops right. and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah, those that's gonna be wrong. You have to finish your. I night. have a new master here, and I'm, I'm having dreams, and here's some kids. Yeah, okay, yeah, very bad. Especially since he says it, he lies beneath. Obviously, the math hungry for souls. <laughs> A bustle of the kids just showed up in, the, in 1880. Hi, every Pleasure Land Day Camp, here we come. You know, it's like, fuck. Okay, so, you know, and we, because we're horror movie watchers, 
are like elbowing. Oh, yep, right. here we go. Right. Orphans. Right. Orphans. We're going to see something later. Oh, also, more. more cages. Sick to my stomach. So it's pretty much fucking laid out. Right. Since they don't know, since they don't think, they don't know they're in a horror movie. That, right. right. And they're acting the way that, from their belief systems, Gray has no reason to think that, oh yeah, there was, there was mass uh, sacrifices here. And Deegan doesn't believe any of this. Well, shit. one of the things I mean, I, they might, but it, it's not. It's not pertinent. But is what, it, what I thought was interesting is, I guess in found footage, because how found footage works, we don't have music cues or right. other things to tell us that we're supposed to be scared right. or nervous. Right. The camera can't do right. certain things to tell us this is very important. Right. right. It's These all. Just, it's all our. In this particular scene, it's all us going. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's Chekhov's. Orphanage, <laughs> and with this, yes, you know yes, what I mean. Yes. It's like, and somebody's gonna go off on them. Right. And you're just like, well, I'm just glad we're not watching that movie because I don't want to see those kids in cages. There's a scene with Father Mark that I find very disturbing. This Fa- is the, yeah, this is the next scene. Yeah, right. Yeah. Fa- Father Mark seems to be oversleeping. Yeah, uh, and they're wondering yeah. how he's doing after his little. They go into his room and he looks fucking dead. Yeah, he he doesn't look like he's sleeping. He looks like he's in rigor and he's dead to me. Yeah, this is a weird scene that did not land with extra questions. The when I watched it last night, this scene meant more. Yeah. Uh, the first time I watched it, I just thought, well, here's a creepy faint. Here's a fake scare. Right, because it, it's revealed that thing. he's just sleeping weird. They just wake all, him up. All of a sudden, <sighs> he just snort. Yeah, yeah it's he's like fun. sleep like, apnea right. or something like that. But uh, or, oh, Actually, I don't know what sleep apnea my, my is. Sleep apnea mean you're asleep or does it mean that you're not breathing? The sleep apnea you, is, is when you're sleeping. You have the you breathing. Have, <coughs> it's happening to me. Yeah. You have breathing problems, snoring. I, yeah, and, yeah. And, and just but he ends up making this. And it, just, it almost seems like a joke, but... In context of the second viewing, is he contaminated? Well, there is a Did whatever happened to him right. there, implant, in there, a sense... There is a sense of infection now. That's, that's what I'm wondering. It's yeah. hard to tell. I think so, because you get the nosebleed, you get that, and you the, get... The ear... Yeah. The, he, isn't, he isn't but he, a minion of whatever we haven't discovered yet. He is, I think, kind of been affected he's gotten a little too close to it i feel like there's and this might be what's wrong with the town we don't know Mm. the town might just not be a possessed town or an occultist town but it might be a town that's not right i i think there is an infect that there is a phenomena affecting them right that's making Uh, them maybe that the reason that guy couldn't say anything about the church is because he's got this problem Maybe the guy outside the church has a problem because we get a lot of taciturn, silent people mm. who don't show anger. I mean, they might be zombified. We don't know. But then we get a lot of people who are not like that. It's, right. it's, it's interesting right. to, to right. think about when you're pulling shit apart. But yeah, watching it again, I'm like, do we have Mark compromised at this point? It's arguable. Something's happened. It's arguable. I, like I said, I I, I mean, I, he could he just says you know he could have just had a, a, a burst eardrum or he could just have had. We, but we don't know that because you know it's it's. I think I. It's not nailed down. Okay. Oh no, I'm just saying. Sure. I wrote. I I didn't. <laughs> the first time I watched it, I thought that it was just a. The scene only worked as a way to provide some tension and release. You know what I mean? Right. It it, so, and it does that. It does that because you're, you're you're watching a horror movie and you go, oh, we're gonna lose Mark now, or Mark is gonna. So you know what I mean? Mark's gonna be 
just weirdly dead or is he why isn't mark breathing yeah, what's going why on isn't mark? mark and did they reactivate you know what i mean what is going on with mark right. exactly then we're back to the church and and this is when the priest never left they find the priest yeah, and, they, and they say to him you, are you spending the night here yeah and and i think the priest is saying i'm hearing things there's things yes. i'm hearing and then they debunk goes over and finds, uh, I think, a cracked, you know, Find crushed beer, beer can beer and some and some cigarette packs. And he goes, basically, the kids are fucking with your father. Yeah, yeah. They're fucking with you. Which him. is plausible. Sure. Uh, for what they know. because But we're, we're seeing stuff that's creepier than kids. I mean, yeah, the church could be making noise. But the kids have already been shown that this, there's a bunch of kids going around. They set the sheep on fire. Well, we, we, we're going to yeah. get that confirmed later. And, uh, but the thing is, yeah, we they're pretty sure that there's, I mean, the beer drinking... The beer cans are pretty right. damning. Right. I mean, he slept in this church and a bunch of kids were in there. The priest gets angry because the, he, he's, he feels insulted. He thinks that they're not taking him seriously. And he says, I'm not like Mandeville. At this point now, our investigation actually gets a little more intense. Yeah, I love this scene, actually. Personally. This is very stone it's, it's, it's very, it's But it's also just fun as hell because uh, this is where they bring in the ghost hunting equipment, I think Mark calls it. And uh, they bring in analog sound devices. Uh, he goes, it's got dials, which is, I just love that because he's trying to, he's really, he's like a guy selling it to Deacon because he's trying to explain it to this guy like he's an idiot. Uh, but he's also doing a good job of explaining it to people like me who don't understand this stuff. They're going to place this stuff to try to get the movement that it sounds like is going on in the walls. Right. What he's, what he's, I think what he's setting up is he's going, look, I could put these mics in these areas and we could actually track if the sound is moving. Because they can change the frequencies, they get, where stuff hides between, the sounds hide between frequencies, we can tune between these frequencies and in a 3D space, see where things are, you know, catch where they're moving. I wish I wrote it down a bit better. And they start getting sounds of movement and they start getting what sounds like a voice and they're checking for speakers They've been doing that throughout, and then they start hearing the baby crying. Right now, the baby crying, which is always fucking scary, yeah, is putting us over the top of fucked up. Get the fuck out of that. But church. they have a reason for that. Yeah, but yeah. and it's a, and I like it. Mark just says, "You're getting a baby monitor," which is brilliant, and has happened in 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 people who have investigated and debunked. Yeah, yeah. because people don't know. Sure. I wouldn't know if I heard a baby crying in my fucking house. Oh yeah, you, you're getting the you're getting a baby monitor overlap, yeah. but then they get the thrumming, <laughs> as I've called it, and they get pipes from the scaffolding that's been set up that you were talking about start to move. They see Krellick skulking about. There's a something on the altar. I think it, it might be the cross seems to like move. Yeah, I think they have a large cross fall at one point, but I don't know if it happens there or somewhere else. I think it happens there because when they look, they see Krellick, and he starts right. running. And then it's like, maybe he had a wire. The, oh, the cross falls actually, as that scene is extended, Mark and Gray get into an argument about what's going on because Gray doesn't believe Krellick is doing this. No, not at all. He just doesn't, he actually just doesn't think it, he, he actually just doesn't believe the explanation. It's not that he thinks Krellick's a great guy or anything like that. He just doesn't think he could be doing all this. Mm. It, it just doesn't make sense that he could be, you know, yes, you say he's doing strings and he's doing it, but he can't be everywhere and blah, blah, blah. Then what happens is you get one of the classic creepy things is the baby's still crying and Mark is still pushing his, you know what, and he goes, I turned the machine off. It's not on. We shouldn't be picking up any frequencies at all. Machine's off. And 
Mark goes after Krellick. Right. Mark and, gets pissed. Right. He's been blaming Krellick throughout the scene. He's been arguing anti Krellick, so he decides to go after him. Right. To make him answer. So they go. So they go to the roof of the church. It follows them up with like this turret. There's this stair. Uh, right. Ladder. It looks like a parapet. It's or the tower. The yeah. It it's the tower, and he goes up on the roof. Krillick is like, you don't believe exactly. Me. Yeah, you, you don't believe in my miracle, it, yeah. which is an interesting way of right. putting it. He doesn't right. personalizing it, making it. It's of importance to him. You know, you think I'm faking, and but it's filmed so well because we have Mark's head cam. We have a, a shot of Krillick, his back towards us, looking out. Mark hears something. He moves. He look. He, I think he looks down to yell something at. Gray and Deacon right. down below by that crypt. Right. It's a crypt. Right. That's what and that when he moves back, we just see parts of of, see, of Krillick's vestment going over the. We thing. see Krillick falling. Right. It's we, really we well see done. Closed. It's falling, done in one. And then he runs. Yeah. So in one shot, it's very well done. Done in one Mark, shot. It's yeah. Really Mark well runs done. and looks down yeah. and sees yeah. in there. So it's it's obviously it's really nice because because you couldn't do that in one shot without multiple actors. Yeah. And yeah. you can't have someone jump. They didn't have to have someone jump. They just had yeah. to like get but some clothes. It's over. really well done. It's accompanied by the bell ringing and the cross falling inside. And uh, Deacon gives the last rites. First, we get basic a nice scene. A nice scene because they again folding in the discussion about sin, that whole that that religious people can be sinners and, and priests. Uh, but we're also getting um, Gray's reaction. He's he's stunned. He's thrown. Uh, by this and Gray is he's obviously affected by this and they talk about the mortal sin of suicide and Gray is really upset about this and he talks about Deacon is basically giving him the he says priests can be sinners too right which is he yeah he talks about they talk about the mortal sin they talk about how again that's an interesting because the thing is Gray has this absolute idea that you know priests are righteous even if he doesn't believe because that plays into deacon's behavior also they've just had this horrible moment man's dead they're walking to the bar because where else would you go and they pass the they pass the we see the group of kids right and a kid goes it starts bleeding at him and yeah. he fucking walks over to him punches him right in the he, fucking say, he just explodes on this kid yeah it's a really satisfying <laughs> punch to the face of this. Um, the kid does this. He, he stretches his arms yeah. up, you know, what old man pose. Yeah. And he lays him the fuck out. And the kids are like, the kids turn into kids, which is, it's a really mm. well, you know, it's not a big deal. But, you know, they basically, they, they, they fold. Right. They can't believe that this guy has done this. And they, there's a good chance that they know he's, uh, that he's from the religious order because they all know these guys are in town for this. I mean, they, they, they know that there's a, a mission. Um, Deacon tries to... We get back to that sin question because he's he's mad at Deacon for hitting the kid. Mm. He thinks it was an overreach. And he says, holy people struggle too. We all make bad choices. That's an interesting thing for Deacon to say once this movie is right. all ro rolled up. Uh, and there's pressure. And then, yeah, Gray challenges him and starts to, and I love this. Yeah, it's a great speech. If you, he, it, it, it sounds very natural the way he talks about it, too. He's struggling for the words because he's not quite sure how to put it. And he says, he starts talking about the Druids and the Aztecs and the Pagans. And they go, well, the people that came before you lot, right? Pagans. Yeah, all right, the Pagans, the 
druids, the Aztecs or whatever, they believed in stuff that was real. You know, they had the moon, the sea, the stars, the sun. They they stuff. They worshipped stuff. They didn't know any better. They were just worshipping what was in front of them. No, they worshipped what was there, what? physically there. Whereas you are choosing to believe and worship the great what if. They worshipped what was there. You worship the great what if. An unprovable nothing. He, you know, I, I'm putting it badly. But he says, I don't know what you, you don't even, right. there's an intangible. Right. The, the great what if. And he says something like, if, if there was a fight between something that, that was there <laughs> and something which wasn't there, I don't know which side I'd bet on. Mm. It's it's a it's a it's a terrific scene. I mean, I, it's great when a scene of dialogue works as well as like a murder, or as a chase. Or, I mean, it's just great when a moment like that makes you go, "Wow, that was that was a really nifty." Uh, and and he's basically just saying they dealt with re real stuff, and you've got nothing. Are we at the point where there's there's a reaction from the pub keepers, and and this no, does not work? It for looks me. like that's still. Well, that has to be now. I thought it? that was now too, but maybe it is. No, it has to be now. Don't they? They kick him out. Well, what happens is after they they want another drink. He's been he's been drinking. They, like they, he's downing everything. Right. They they. And ask, been, I think they're watching him. I right. think they're watching him in they, the background. They say, you know, last call. We're closing, and he goes yeah. at nine o'clock. And my pub, my rules. And there's this, a, yeah. a very odd thing we talked about before, not quite understanding what the townsfolks are. Yes. The, our, our bartender says, a good man died. I don't get that line. I don't get it either. I don't get that line. That's the, I thought that's, I figured that's the line that you were thinking of because nobody supported his church. We're, not, we're, we're still at this point not sure what to make of the town people. We don't know if they're culty-walty. We don't know if they're, yeah. if they're keeping a secret. We don't know their position here. Um, you know, we don't know if we're going to see them in robes. But... I never got the feeling that they, you know, that they cared for this guy. I mean, yeah, why would they care about there, Father Carrick when they didn't? This is a this is a, a point in the movie where there could be some revelation of maybe why the townsfolks are acting the way. They're yeah, acting. I thought we were going to get a little bit more. I mean, there's almost a fight after, after right? Because he's basically saying, "You serve this guy, right?" I mean, he's acting surly drunk. Yeah, he's punched the kid, and he didn't get. <laughs> yeah, he yeah. didn't get fucking dinged for <laughs> yeah. that. But yeah, that scene, you know, we don't we don't get straw dogs or anything like that. No. But there's almost a fight. And yeah. everybody in the pub seems to want to take a swing at him. Yeah. And he they say I think it's when he basically says, "We we were invited here." Right. Or something like that. You know, yeah. it, it's it's implied they know why he's here. Yeah, so that that scene sets off things are starting to basically go down. Well, downhill. Do you know what point. my notes are? No, let me hear. Things it. go tits up. <laughs> yeah, this is, but this is what Carrick's death. Uh, the town basically going fuck off. I mean, nothing comes of it, but that's a, that's a line now, in the I, sand. I also believe that while some of this stuff's coming, there's there's we also around this time start seeing scenes of Father Mark acting weird. We're seeing scenes in the college. We're seeing scenes in the college of him just like standing in a place or acting weird. Really, there's more reinforcement that. of him. Well, he well, we get once after that scene, we get to Mark. They come back, and Mark is like, "Well, we're done. Yeah, investigation's over. Investigation's over. He this was a hoax. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't even. I don't think they go into it, but basically, it's implied. There's no. There's no. There's no story here. Right. It was a, a wreck. Mm. He wanted to up. You know, they talked about this earlier. Mark is like, why would he do that? He wants to up his congregation. Yeah. Even if this doesn't. Even if this isn't because if this was a miracle, people would come. You know, far and near to the to his church. But even if it wasn't a miracle, people would still have hope. They would still come. Right. And and Deacon's upset because he basically says, well, wait, why don't we investigate? There was these sounds. He makes were off. And let, he makes perfect sense let, in the context of how they've been investigating. If Carrick is gone. Right. And you say Carrick was doing all this. Then everything has to stop. You know, a little more time. Yeah. Scientific. Uh, what is it? Uh, the scientific method. You know, you remove Carrick. Then by your theory, that's it. There'll be yeah. no more phenomena covers the movie's ass on why would anybody want to deal with this? Mm. This is the proper way to do right. skeptical inquiry. It's not just the inquiry, though, because Deacon, I don't know if it's because he's drunk or whatever, or he's made some connections. He's convinced there's still something to investigate. Yeah, he's, he, there's, there's a couple of times not sure where I'm... Deacon kind of swerves yeah. when I didn't think he would. But yeah. right now he wants to prove it. Yeah, he's pissed. Literally, and 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 you know, right. in the drunk sense, and he doesn't want to be told what to do. He's no. got a lot of motivating factors. So even if I don't know if I believe that he's still, because he's not credulous, he doesn't really seem to believe something's really, really happening. But he's spooked, I guess. But he's also drunk, angry, and defiant. Right. He could be just wanting to. Dot the eyes and cross the tissues. You know, and if nothing else, you'd be like, I want to know. Mm. Do I mean? Because this the, has been an odd hear, investigation. Right. If, yeah. Well, I would, I would, I'd be in the pub the whole time. I'd be, <laughs> this my investigation. I'm not going out to it. Any once I hear that baby crying, yeah, you got to get the fuck out. I'm, I, baby crying is scary. So he decides. He decides to go to the church investigation. And we get and our, this is we the, get our we get our first shaky cam. And this is this actual is the found footage. Fucking. I think very well done, creepy as fuck scene. It doesn't work for it, you? No, it's a scene that didn't really connect for me the okay. first time. And the second time, again, being able to absorb more because I know the story mm. and I know I was like, oh, I forgot about this. And there's a, a curve. This is, there's a real curve here. Okay. That I didn't remember and... Was part of the stuff that I was telling you earlier that like, yeah, I didn't catch some plot points. Okay. And this was one of them. There's a there's an extended scene of him going to the church in the middle of the night. Right. He steps this, in shit. He's got his, hat, hand, his head camera on. And because of his his state and the way he's doing things, and he's, he's also huffing and puffing. He's, <laughs> he's not a super athletic right. dude. He's a, he's a, you know, a stocky dude. He's had a long day. And he's... Walking up the hill to the church, and so there's we get some shaky cam type stuff, and he's got a he's got a flashlight, so we're getting those two. We're getting right. the camera's nodding around. He's nodding around a lot. We're getting the camera moving around a lot. It's dark, and we're only seeing what he sees in the flashlight. So it's our first what the hell are we looking at kind of footage, really. But it's done well. Mm. Yeah, he steps in shit, which gives us something to go, ha ha, and then very. Close to after he raises the flashlight up, he sees something. He sees Father Krillick. Yeah. Or he sees what appears to be Father Krillick. Now, this is what... Now, this threw me because I could, I did not remember this. And things that bothered me 
about the movie originally started falling into place once I saw Krellick again. I was like, oh, 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 this is an aspect of the movie that I didn't really catch my brain, that there is, we're seeing a dead person, and later on in the film, this has echoes. Okay. I didn't get that. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Sure. I didn't get that. Okay. Uh, I found it to be, I, I, it was a bump. It was a bump up, not a bump. I was like, okay. oh, okay, wow. Because when I... I was already thinking about the contamination issue with the mm. ear and the way that Mark was acting. Or just the fact that, yeah, that's really weird what happened to him in context of what happens later. And then, yeah, we see crowd. We know he's dead. Mm. I mean, he's dead. His right. body and, is in a morgue. And, and Deacon says, Father Krillick, he yes. says it like, it, you're Father Krillick. What if you do? Which is Very interesting, weird. too, because he just blurts. He, you know what I mean? He right. doesn't go, well, fuck all. Well, well, I'm here, drunk. Here if, see if you felt the same way I did. The way I saw it both times, well, I, maybe it's the second time. We see Father Krillick. We lose him because of the flashlight stuff. He starts running to find him, and he finds again his vestments or his robe. I wasn't sure what to call it either. Right. You know, and surpl- and and I thought, oh, are we going to think it's the kids? And he Your lifts brain, it up, yeah. and it's full of worms. Full of worms. It's a really kind of gross. gross. He's yeah. grossed out. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. No. But but here's the thing. Here's where we've entered a part of the film where things don't have to make sense anymore. We're not just getting these noises and phenomena. Once we see Krellick, shit's hit the fan. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. In my notes, is something outside the church. Does he see Krellick? Looks that way. There is a figure. Are we meant to take it literally? Mm. Because here's the thing. Is it a ghost? We don't know the parameters of the supernatural. Yeah, we don't know we don't what know world what we're, we're in yet. We do not know what we're dealing with. We do not know what they're... Yeah, we do not know what we're going to be meeting on this journey as far as... For lack of a better way of putting it, monsters, villains, the supernatural. This is the first thing that we've seen that is just pure, captured, you know, we see a dead man. Right. Now, does this mean that we see a, a living corpse, a resurrected animated corpse, or are we seeing a specter, or are we seeing a hallucination? Right. Because we don't fucking know. Right. I'm, I'm writing like, how would he manifest or be manifested? And yeah, Deacon calls out to him because, you know, he doesn't like do this, I've got to go talk to you or, oh my God, you're alive. But he's like, you see this person that you knew as this person and your first thing is to yell out the name. So I didn't have a problem with that. This wasn't a case of my mother who's been in the grave for 10 years, the demon, there's a demon in the house that fucks with people. Oh, my mother is upstairs. I'll just go give her a hug. Oh, I missed you. I hate that scene. Sure. It's believable because he's not making any great advance or anything like that. But then, yeah, he finds... Part of his vestments, or I mean, I don't know the right. outfit it, enough to know if it's portion of it. Was it? Is it a part of a role? Is it? Yeah, it's. The, I didn't it's, know at first. Like, did, did Carrick disappear? And yeah, this is what it was turned left into behind. worms. And this, yeah, well, if this was a fucking Argento film or right. a Fulci film, everybody would disappear right. and turn into worms. But, they throw worms up out of their mouths. Right, but but the priest would cut your head. He'd hang himself, and then <laughs> right, and a bat would come and eat <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Then you stick your fingers into somebody's head and pull their brains out. But your girlfriend pukes her insides out. But it, but in the context of the story, that incident is so bizarre. It leads to the next part, and it f- fully makes sense because of what happens next. Yeah. But Deacon, uh, are we done with that scene? 
Yeah, the only thing we get there, the only thing that I have there is that we get it, we get a fake jump scare, but it worked for me because it's just, it's just he steps on some established beer cans, right, and slips and scares the shit out of himself, right. Which I mean, I like this balance of he steps in shit because boy, I don't know if it's meant to be, but he is stepping in shit now. Yeah. Then we get dead man. Then we get worms. Then we get he's sliding into these beer. I mean, it's a confluence of scary and mundane. Mm. This is the, this is the way we would be doing the investigation. You'd be kicking beer cans and, and sure. shouting. Yeah. It doesn't seem cheap. I, like I would that. have to get high too. Well, he get but then everything starts up again in the church. The noises, the thrumming, right. the baby crying. Nobody fucking needs that. Right. He goes. He st- he starts tracking the sounds and gets physical and starts tearing out. And we get a doorway. He finds a door with the symbol from the diary, the sigil. It's like round sigil with a few things in it. And he, he finds a passage and he finds the skeletal remains of an animal. And he starts hearing what sounds like ritual prayer, moaning. I don't know if it's, I think it might sound like Krellick. I think you do hear Krellick. Because I think he tells Mark afterwards. But basically, lots of crazy shit happens after right. he opens up that doorway. The phenomena kicks up. He starts hearing things that are directly from this absolutely creepy passage leading downwards. And he panics and gets the fuck out of there. Which makes sense. I have it written down as, and sounds of hell. Yeah. And then he, he makes a phone call. So he, Now there's a pattern here that I noticed on the second viewing, which we, we talked about earlier. Deacon investigated the church without Mark. Right. He, is, he went to the church again at night after Mark told him, we're done. And he's supposed to be following orders. And now he makes this phone call. He's punched the kid. Deacon talks about bad choices and doesn't seem to understand why his life is the way it is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very upsetting because Deacon is super likable. Mm. And you kind of see this pattern and you're like, it's here for a reason. Yep. This isn't arbitrary to get them into. I mean, it, yes, it works plot wise. But it's like, I didn't really recognize Deacon's recklessness was this bad the first time. Like, how many? And it's him. It's not, he's not being affected by whatever's going on. No. You know, he is very much, you know, he's very much just, this is, this is his, what he does. And he's, he's stubborn. Right. And we get, we, it's actually explicitly said that soon. He doesn't like being told what to do and he doesn't like loose ends obviously mm. and but at the same time he's talking about the faults of all these other people now i think he's i think he's saying things that he knows reflects he's, he's projecting yes but gray doesn't know that no yet. so he calls his uh, he calls his mentor father calvino umberto umberto calvino best-selling author on winemaker i mean it's like umberto calvino and, and it's the classic He's an old priest. They don't want to listen to him anymore. He heads the Vatican archives. Yeah, he's been. He's been. This this is a dude. This dude's been shunted. This is this guy represents the Dark Ages Mm. as Mark. You know, this is the guy that people like Mark, who have obviously taken taken control of the congregation, as they call it. The congregation seems to be the name for the the people who do these investigations and send these people out and handle this. But Deacon explains that Calvino knows where things are buried and he knows some deep shit so they shunted him off to the side they'd love to get rid of him but 
they still need his expertise because there's sometimes right. stuff that's which is interesting though. Mm. Yeah. Because at the same time that's contradictory to what Mark talks about. They le- they keep they keep the sorcerer to type, you know, he's not you know what I mean? But they keep the exorcist guy around. Which is what he Right. Well, of, uh, well, there's almost a degree of belief. You, yeah. you could have Calvino on one side and right. Ray on the on the end. But Mark, well, actually, Mark, Mark, on the Mark end. and his Mark's way of thinking is that they don't need somebody like him. There's no necessity for him. But obviously, somebody's hedging their bets, and I and it, and that's fine. You know, it, it serves the movie. But I mean, it almost sounds as if like, yeah, we don't believe in, in any of this mysticism. We don't believe in the supernatural. We don't believe in miracles. But just in case we keep right. an exorcist in the chamber, sure. we got one in the chamber. Right. But it's funny because yeah, they they go to me. Mark is pissed, obviously. They went over his head. Deacon is like, the situation is not resolved. There is still, we, we should be investigating. He exceeded his authority in calling in this expert. Right. And, um, and, and Deacon, look, Deacon's basically gotten fired. Well, On the car ride to the airport. Right. Mark is like, this is your last. Right, you're done. You're done. He, he's, you're being, you will be disciplined. This is your last mission with the congregation if I have anything to say is what I think. It's interesting because you still don't know exactly where Mark is. Yeah, and, you, and you're not it's even hard. sure what's you, going on yet. We, we don't know what's going on yet. No. So they pick up Father Calvino. Who's, you know... Super priest. Super priest. Super <laughs> priest. He's super priesty. He's pretty cool because he's all like... He is, he's he's kind of... He's not doddering, but he's super white. He, the actor was super old. Yeah. And he's just this classic exorcist looking dude. But he's smoking cigarettes and I think he enjoyed the flight. And he says and how Deacon is kind of a loose cannon. Yes, he, he understands he, Deacon. He doesn't, he's not easily disciplined or kept in line, whatever and, his and, exact and, words were. Yeah, they said he, he's, he's a Vatican archivist, he's Deacon's tutor, an expert on church history and secrets, unpopular, but you know, he has expertise. That he's, and they get back and they. Uh, I think I, I I believe that they go through the they go through his head cam footage or at least they discuss it so that they all are on the same page. Krellick, it was Krellick's voice, because remember people saying, "Oh, that could have been," like who would be who would impersonate Krellick's voice? They 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 are at odds with each other. But Krellick talks about Frizzetti. right? And this is Mark says, "But well, we don't see Deacon's face in this. Maybe Deacon is saying this because Frizzetti." Is part of the Brazil Frizzetti's eyes. Yeah, Frizzetti's eyes. eyes. And this is where we have a big emotional exposition moment where we all lose faith with Deacon. Mm. And Gray Gray loses his trust in Deacon, and we're all ah fuck. And uh, but it's also more affecting because really, I mean, I don't think Deacon sins here. But even by omission, necessarily. No, what we find... But his... He does as far as his bond with right. Gray. We, we find out that Deacon was part of the Brazil... Yeah. He didn't project. show up. Yeah. He didn't show he up as part it. of a cleanup crew. He was the... Se- yeah, he was the... Uh, he was the second in command under Deacon... Uh, 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 Frizzetti. Yeah, Frizzetti was the second. Deacon was the inve- in the investigating team. Right. He was with... The team that disappeared. He's the only survivor. He didn't show up after the fact. Mark Gr- Gray, uh, Gray to believe, right. and as the film has left ambiguous, yeah, ambiguous sure. because it's it, you know to be honest, it's it's hard to tell exactly what's going on oh, from that opening. I think well, the first just, time I watched it, I thought, why would I think he wasn't involved? Right. But 
yeah. this locks it well, in. Well, to be honest with you, when when they explain what happened, I did not catch that on the first turn. Around. No, I didn't quite. Ca- I didn't. I didn't quite catch the culpability he had. So what that. we what we find out is that Deacon was drunk one night. He was drunk, and the hoaxers in Brazil possibly got pissed off that they were going to be revealed. And Mark says they killed the priests. What? Yeah. What it turns out is that the the even greater sin is that the only reason he's alive is because he went off and got drunk. He is partly responsible for having the priests killed because he didn't listen. He pushed. He was. There was a warning. It turns out that the, that the the miracle was a hoax. Shit went bad, like a bad drug deal. And the hoaxers killed the priests, but he could have pulled them out. His bullheadedness feeling that he was right he stayed longer he, he could have let, he could have gotten everybody out of there yeah they were basically warned to leave it seems mm. and he fucked around right and, and he didn't want to leave just he, like he's doing right now and he says that he will always have that on his mind because now gray and deacon are fighting with each well, other gray blows up gray gray is so pissed at him now yeah. because gray really looked it seemed to look up to him yeah there was, a, there, there was, there was trust. definitely a kind of trust and a, and a bond and he was a kind of an authority figure and uh oh yeah so they cut they cut the eyes out right this is where we learned about frizzetti's eyes were cut out yeah that frizzetti had visions and cut his eyes out well the eye well I'm not quite sure well i think we're giving several things but in the, the first scammer, time we're, well, yeah. first time it's brought up it's brought up that maybe they took out their eyes because they saw god right but did they do that because they were on DMT or was it something yeah, else? Yeah. Then is the possibility, did the hoaxers do it? The eye problem is kind of almost brought back again near the end. There's something about, yeah. Gray is done. He's decided that he will see this job through. He actually says, do any of you people tell the fucking truth? <laughs> you know? And at this point, to be honest, when you think about it, it does not push logic for me that uh, Gray, who is, the, you know, the layman, and the character that you think would go, well, fuck it, I'm done. I don't. They're not really. They haven't been really threatened. Threatened. That's shenanigans. <laughs> they said the kids. The kids are assholes. The townspeople are obviously not happy with them. But nobody has been like stalked, attacked. No, I don't think there's any... weird shit has happened. But nobody and people have been scared. But it's not like there's a slasher out there. It's no, not there's... like there's a ghost yeah. out there. Right. How much of the footage did they see though? I'm not quite sure. Like, did they see Krillik's body? They see the ghost of Krillik, like he saw. I, I don't know if they. Yeah, if they, they, don't, they don't seem to do that. They know the footage from the passageway that he mm. uncovered, and then Calvino and Mark have a conversation after he blows up at him. Right. And and Calvino says Deacon may be correct, um, and they start talking about the church and the grounds. Right. And, and now place. now we really get into the the pagan aspect. Yes. Of it. Here's where we get into. We, yeah. we get the idea. The stone cold yeah. church versus yeah. pagan stuff. Uh, Calvino starts explaining how that when the church comes in, okay, you got these pagans, you got their temples, you got their idols, just replace them. Yeah. So and don't, them. by no means destroy t- temples of heathen gods, destroy their icon. He talks about temples. So I think it's great. He goes, was the church a pagan temple? Right. And Calvino says, no, it was the ground. Yeah. That love, this place, that. the church is always known. Yeah. There's something yeah. fucked up about that spot. And basically, you know, he talks about if you destroy these places, there's still going to be something lingering. Wipe them out. Get ho- literally get holy water. Purify <laughs> the buildings. Place your things in there. And he says, 
this heathen site that there's a significance there's something present that's older than the church and older than christianity yeah and then he brings out the aerial photos right which is like because the vatican has these. now i don't think he took them from the plane these look these are probably old. oh no these are vatican these are old on file I, I have this right. You know when they pick yeah, up at the airport, it's a little yeah. shitty fucking yeah, no, puck plane airport. I didn't even does he no, come from Rome? I didn't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, yeah, I mean, I guess he, it's a connecting flight. <laughs> I don't know, but uh, but yeah, they show he's got you know he's got the uh, the handouts as they call them in Call of Cthulhu. He's got yeah. Look at this and look at this and look at this and they're aerial photos of the church, and you can see the sigil, right? Uh, there, yeah, that's there what it looked like to me. Yeah, there, was there, was a, there was a round shape that seems to match this sigil that we've seen in the diary and that we have seen on the on that doorway. Gray is trying to take this all in because basically Gandalf has shown up. Italian <laughs> right. Gandalf has shown up and has laid down some weird shit. Oh yeah, weird shit's real. And we've known about it. I found the casualness non-melodramatic, not super melodramatic. You know, it's not. Mm. this is not a John Carradine performance or... <laughs> You know, somebody coming in here. Well, again, like I said before, if this was different, the music would be swelling yeah. and there would be... A... And, yes, and there'd be reaction shots. We're talking about demons or evil spirits. And Calvino says, yeah, it really doesn't matter what you call them. It's the same thing. It was worshipped as a god. The church drove it out. Doesn't matter what we call it. Mm. Which is really fascinating to basically sidestep all that nomenclature and all that purple prose that uh, writers like to get into when discussing evil right. and, and discovery. It, He's very matter-of-fact about it. And, it. and it also admits that, that, it's, that not everything is in the, the pantheon of the Catholic Church. He's basically, yeah. the magic part. He's basically it. saying, this, this precedes us. This shit has its own, you know, we can deal with it, but we don't understand it. He has no, he has no idea. He goes, it doesn't matter what we call it, we don't really know what, what it is. But he said it returns like weeds in an abandoned building. Uh, then we get some uh, Mark really unloading on Deacon, I think, in, in um, between the two of them. Now that they're not with the four of them, we got, and they like, like, he waits for the expert. You know, he's mad at him, but he really unloads on him in, the later, in this scene. And uh, Are we in the church for the, for the banishment ceremony? This is when they're walking towards the okay. church. Which is a nice way because it moves us towards the church, moves us towards our final sequences, you know. But we get the rest of the exposition on Bellum. Deacon flat out says I, he, he was warned and he ignored it. And seven priests died. His that's that's it. He doesn't say it, but this is his sin. Mm. This is his cross. This is the sin. This is the bad decisions he was talking about earlier. They make the final journey into the church, and it's inter They they have to set up more equipment because it's nighttime. So they set up lights. They actually really still need um, gray around because he's doing tech stuff for them. I mean, it's just lights and stuff. But yeah, he sets up lights so they can do uh, the banishing or the cleansing. Yeah, the, yeah there's, the, there's a banishment ceremony that he's going to do. There's a great scene with Mark now. While this is going on, Calvino is setting up, you know, there's a circle on the right. ground. And he, he's talk, he talks about how the sigil, they, they don't really know what the sigil is, but they know, but the sigil can be used for the ceremony. Right. They can, they can. The, the, the symbol can be used for the for the banishment right. and ceremony. And Calvino basically he, says, oh, we just beat back. Boop, yeah, he's kind of, he's kind of, he's like, beat yeah, back, he's boop. off. He's we'll doing do it this. while he doesn't, and there's no pomp and circuit. The rest of them are talking. Right. And Mark, while he's off doing it. And Mark is looking at this and he Mark basically gets, goes, this is fucking bullshit. Yeah. One question. Do you accept that there are things happening in this church beyond science? No. No one. I'm a virtuous man. 
I follow the teachings of Jesus, but that's not enough, is it? I'm supposed to believe in magic now? I'm supposed to believe the world was created in six days, believe in empty rituals? Well, I don't! And it's high time the church got rid of these alienating medieval superstitions! I believe in the teachings of Jesus. Yes. But I don't believe in the magic yep. and the other bullshit. Yep. yep. It's terrific. And the ceremony is not a Christian one, so that pisses him off too. It, it, it's the, the banishment ceremony. He's speaking. I don't know if he's what he's. Uh, I don't recall, and I, I wouldn't recognize. I don't know if it was Latin or not, but he might not have been. But it's not a sanctioned Christian. It's you know he's doing his you know voodoo stuff, and Mark is incensed by that yeah. too. He just thinks the whole thing is bullshit. Mark sounds super rational, so it's, it really makes me wonder. You know, is he pod person? Is he not? Pod I, I don't person? think so. <clears throat> I so don't think the, so. The contam- that's what I mean about the contamination. I think I think he's been affected, but I don't think he's off. But he's not. He's not taken. Then, not yet. I don't think five minutes. Yet. Yeah, I mean, you know, stick around, please. Watch the end of the movie. <laughs> Mark, Mark, you know, Mark gets somewhere. And Deacon is arguing that he's never seen anything like this before. Right. This is really the first thing he's ever seen. That-, that sets up a weird kind of flip-flop thing that I, I'm a little confused at later. Maybe you can help me figure it out. But Deacon is now for the first time saying, are you denying that there is stuff that's happening here that's beyond science? Something we we haven't seen before. He's convinced yeah. something is going on. Well, he had that scare the night before. Oh. And he's got that oh, shit no, on I'm not denying. It's oh, something yeah. that he says very soon. Well, and Deacon... He's still bringing up science and bringing up rationality, which is interesting in, in terms of, you know, where does Jesus fit into all that and whatever. But yeah, he basically says he, re- he rejects, the, you know, he, he continues the, what he's been saying throughout the film. And it's funny because obviously this, he's, he is shut down by, you know, Calvino. He can't just tell Calvino we're done. And then Calvino does the ceremony and, and it works out fine and they all go home. Yeah, and the movie's over and it's really kind of fun. <laughs> they go to the pub, they, they, they start singing We'll Meet Again, Don't yeah. Know When, you know, yeah. the Vera Lynn shit. Right. No, it turns out that the ceremony... Well, they all do a finishing ceremony. Do an actual Latin, I think, a church part of like you know well don't get up from your chair and go get anything to eat because <laughs> yeah it, 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 what, whatever's going on is it, not it, being banished do it, when they did the banishing ceremony which was not a Christian ceremony it ended there was light applause <laughs> and then when they did the, the, the church ceremony you got your your exorcist blowback you got <laughs> your all shit goes crunch the lights start blowing the, all the phenomena it, on steroids the place goes crazy Right. Lights blow out, wind whips up. And this is very, what happens now is very confusing. It's, it's, it is not in a it bad way. It comes together as, after. I feel like I was able to make sense of it, but I did stop it at one point. It, and because I wasn't sure who, who's, who's camera. Who's talking and who's, yeah. I had to look at POV. sleeves and stuff. Yeah, that, those next two sequences, am I looking, is this Deacon or is this Gray right. for a couple of scenes? Which, and it made a difference because characters became separated mm. in the mayhem in the darkness because all the lights blow out and it's full dark and i think the first thing that happens is mark gets bounced again mark goes down right and his ears bleeding again right and, and he looks stunned i kind of like what gray happened goes, to him. right and i think gray goes when he eventually meets up with deacon he goes Mark was there, and then he right. just disappeared. And Father Calvino is gone. Now, Very Calvino well. kind of disappears right when things happen, because when the lights go out, we lose him. But we, we still have Mark, we still have Gray, we still have Deacon. There's some, you know, 
shit going on because where's father they're yelling for father calvino and then mark is out and then mark's gone mm. there's you know it's there's not whip pans and back and forth like the, like with the suicide but it, it it gets it gets confusing they 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 separate characters and they break things up it's hard for the viewer to really i had to go back because there's dialogue over the visuals but no one's speaking you can't see anyone speak and i found it really hard i had to parse it because then i was like wait gray is here but i don't think that's Deacon has gone a flaw no in it's, it's, i think it it's supposed to be very confusing yes but it does seven. kind of you know if you have time to stop and start if you're not watching it you eventually everything comes back to you know what i mean mm. everything comes back to the to the path but for you're really thrown off for a, a couple of seconds and uh but basically i think deacon has gone off after calvino which makes sense. Deacon wants to save a couple. Deacon is not going to have anybody die anymore. Now, Gray, and it's also this, this Gray is terrified. Guy he Hebrew, can't get out. Gray is losing his shit, and Mark is dis- and Mark has disappeared. Gray can't get out, so he starts calling for Deacon. Yeah, Gray panics and flips out. Then the rumbling starts again. Deacon has tracked or thinks Calvino's gone down that passageway. Right. The one that. Uh, not the not the not the small one, but the the large one with the skeleton, the, the animal right. skeleton, the one where they heard. Why am Frizzetti's I? eyes. Frizzetti's eyes, and this is our our doorway down to hell. And Gray loses it. You know, he is panicking full time. Everyone's gone, which adds to Gray's panic. Mark has disappeared while he was looking around. Calvino disappeared instantly. Now Deacon's gone. And uh, the way I wrote it is, I said that Gray finds finds Deacon in the walls. He he eventually yeah. What it. what happens is we then we then really go into pretty much what familiar territory as far as found footage films go, right. because everything becomes so hectic. It's so dark. It's very chaotic. I think they have flashlights. I think that's the only thing they could do. But Gray realizes Deacon's gone after Calvino, and goes down the passageway as well, and they meet up. But this all happens very quickly. But but here's something that I think is an interesting thing to discuss when they meet again, when when Gray and, and Deacon are together. And Gray's freaking out. Deacon goes, it's not real. Well, he tries to calm him down. There's not yeah. monsters. He says this. There's not monsters. There's nothing. It's not real. Right? Which doesn't make a lot of sense to me. That doesn't make sense to me either. I, I didn't, don't understand. I didn't quite get that. I, I mean, there's a, there's a payoff later. There's a payoff, but I think that, that that is... I think the problem is it's the tail wagging the dog. The payoff is... is, is Sets up that line, right? Because, rather than because that line Deacon has been, Deacon has been a skeptic all along. Yeah, has then said something's really going on. I didn't. And then uh, when everything yeah. goes bizarre, he goes, "Don't worry, everything's fine. There's no monsters." It's, the it's one of the, it's one of the f- few false notes. Yeah, that that bothered. I me. didn't get it because I didn't know if he was trying to just calm him down, which I think is a reasonable. It's reasonable, but it doesn't come across. It doesn't. It does. It's not it, it locked in track, very yeah. good. Yeah. Now at the same time, nobody's going to go. Oh. There's no more characters to basically go, he's just trying to calm you down. Right, right, right. He is trying to calm him down, and he does calm him down. Right. And the fact that they've hooked back up. And it's funny because one of the ways that Mark calms down also is through technology in a way. And that bit a, is something that I'm fascinated with. I really like that Because scene. what happens yes. is yes. he says... I see. Okay, now I forgot yes, about yes. this because I'm not, a tech, I'm not technologically so, minded, but I... I did remember this scene, but I don't remember the implications. Right, and I don't know if there is implications, but the thing is, Gray basically tells Deacon, hold it, and he goes, Pfft, I'm He starts put- attaching shit to the wall. I'm putting this relay up. If we ever want to get out of here again, we need the relay. 
Now, I love that on the face of it. There's two things going on that I like. One, that's good adventuring. Understanding that you're going somewhere fucked up. You don't know where you are. You want to get back out. Two, I like the fact that he seems to be able to center himself. Yeah, I didn't pick that up, but yeah, he it's, is. I'm, and I might no, be, I, I might no, be wrong, no, 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 but no, I like I the fact right. that basically being able to be in his comfort zone, right, and to take a little and, bit charge and, and go. Here's I know I understand technology, and I've got, and he's able to kind of stabilize himself. And let's a take bit. a pin and put it in that relay because we need to talk about that after we talk yes. about the movie. Yes, I, 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 I saw where you're going there, and I, I'm like, ah, okay, yes. Gray tells him that Mark's disappeared. Also, right. now I don't, I don't get frightened or weird. In movies much i don't get disturbed you only just don't like I don't when have, they say based on a true story i don't have i'm not claustrophobic per se i am but i don't like the idea of being trapped this ending is disturbing and terrifying it's, it's like a video game oh. that you've played for like four oh. hours and there's oh. no saves and you've oh. just made a very bad decision oh. womp, womp, womp. stop going it's a, down it's a th- i can see the argument of why the fuck would you go through this? Oh, the passages are at first they're dealing with your uh, typical dungeon castle. It looks fun. Passages and they use real. Pl- oh, it's terrific looking. I heard the actors were very uncomfortable. Uh, apparently, this. a lot of the fear is real because they're, uh, well, especially eventually because they're really in these. This is yeah. a real. Pl- it's a cavern or something. <sighs> they use certain. They use yeah. different places uh, because they are no longer really in. Their church. They're definitely not in their church. They're under the church, and there's been allusions to something down there, right. and to the temple was the ground. The passages become less and less man-made. You don't see brickwork or, th- or stairs. Right. They become uh, catacomb-like, like they've been dug out. There's blood stains. You start to notice. I don't even know if the characters notice it. Which yeah, is it? No. There's there's streaks of blood and things. They start hearing Calvino crying out in pain. Gray wants to go, he wants to leave and get help. This is when Deacon presses on. He says, there's no monsters, there's no devils, it's not real. In that context, maybe I can see he's basically just giving him a bullshit football, yeah. uh, uh, um, you know, uh, rugby cheer up talk. Right. You know what I mean? Sure. There's no pain. But, it, but you have to do a little lifting on that, and mm. the, the viewer shouldn't have to do a little lifting on that. Right, right. What does he think is down there then? Because, you know what I mean? He's the one who came back to investigate. Right, right. Now, it might be that he's just trying to drive through, drive this through. Sure. The, the thing is to get to Calvino. I, an argument can be made for that, but we shouldn't have to argue about motivations right here. We shouldn't have to argue about what is... Similar to the thing in the he, pub, where it's like a good man died. This took me out of the movie for a couple of seconds. Yes. And a couple of seconds is, is not a crime, but it, it was memorably a, a, a sour note. Mm. You know what I mean? What? Yeah, this doesn't make sense. This, mm. this seems on the surface of it to contradict what's going on. And in a movie that's as smart as this is about covering its, 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 yeah. its, itself and covering its logic and covering the tropes, giving reasons to everything. Somewhere, the director, who's also the writer, says, how does Deacon get the, the panicking gray to follow him? Right. I mean, it could be like the way you talk to a kid. Mm. Everything's going to be fine. There's no monster. But the thing is, it sounds like he's telling him. Right. That literally, there's no monsters or there's no right. monsters or devils. But, and but, we're like, come on, man. <laughs> what about ghosts? Yeah. You know, what about zombies? Right. You know, you know, right. what what about things in the earth? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, why is Calvino down here screaming? We're getting towards something that 
gets back to Krellick. Right, and we're, and which we're I also didn't catch getting, the first time. As they descend, every once in a while you're seeing a flash of, of Mark. Well, you're getting Calvino screaming, and you're getting Mark doing the I'm in a found footage movie. I'm. You're going to get glimpses of me. Yeah. Uh, I am not reacting. Is he drawing them down? Yeah. It's like, here I am. It's, yeah. This is the way. Well, here's the thing. When I first saw the movie, I was annoyed by Mark. Okay. Now, Calvino sounded like, okay, we when you don't see somebody for a few moments in a film and you don't know the geography, the lights go out and people get lost, there's that wiggle room of going, I'm going to move this character faster down the pathway, lower into the hill than is logical. Mm. He's an old man. These are really bad stairs. This is the, it would be hard to run down these. But Calvino is far ahead of them, or ahead of them. Mm. It doesn't really seem like he would have gotten there, especially after Deacon hauled ass to that because he thought he was hearing him or whatnot. But it seems like they should have caught up to Calvino one. Calvino, why is he in pain? Okay, there's a lot of explanations for that. Mark disappeared but didn't seem to get past Deacon. Deacon should be ahead of Mark. On the second viewing, this didn't upset me the way that it did because also I felt like we were getting some Blair Witch type trope where we're getting towards the end of the movie. We don't know how to explain some things. So we're going to show some characters standing with their backs to walls. We're going to mm. show some characters. You know, they don't actually push it that hard with Mark. Also, Mark is doing some chanting and some spell shit <laughs> or some... I couldn't tell if he was doing church shit, but it's very possible that Mark is doing the pagan, the pre-Christianity stuff or you know whatever Calvino was doing before. But in the second viewing, Krellick's appearance at the church when he's dead kind of is a f- harbinger of foreboding of so the for you, two of them might be dead. Right, so for, for you, Krillick appearing outside for an instance and Mark being in the catacombs might and, be part of Calvino. the same... Uh, not and, Ma- uh, yeah, Calvino. Calvino and Mark being part a, of this... Ability. Right, there's or something... Fi- or, they might be manifestations. Okay. They might not be them. Yeah. That's the thing. I originally thought they were physically them possessed. Because I wrote down and I said, voices, the passage downstairs, Deacon's gone. Uh, Gray finds Deacon, tries to calm him down, tells him Mark is gone. And he thinks that Calvino's wandered down there. Voices screaming, Calvino, what if it isn't? Because the first time, I took it at face value. I took it very literally. Calvino's been drawn, I mean, and it makes sense in horror movie tropes, even if it's not working geographically or, 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 or realistically. The phenomena's burst up. Mark is clearly affected again. Calvino, we don't know what's happened to them, but you know, kind of like the end of Blair Witch. Why is that? You know, mm. that, that that kid has been affected by the phenomena that we're talking about—the mm. curse. He's got his back to. He's got his face to the wall. He's been affected psychically, yeah. possessed, whatever, drawn. So, yeah, from watching horror movies, I'm like, I'm thinking this is Calvino and Mark drawn down into the hill. Mark had already possibly been contaminated or, or affected. But basically, we've got Mark on the side of whatever, the, the, the God. And Calvino is in pain being tortured by the God. But it's very possible that there's two dead bodies upstairs. It's very possible that they've been manifested, that they're illusions, mm. that they're ghosts, that they're, we don't know the power set of this God. No. No. And at this point, we still don't know what we're dealing with. Right. Not that we really get a great idea, but there's other explanations for why they've teleported, for lack of a better way of putting it, or potentially, you know what I mean? Why there's a logic gap and why they're down there, because they're probably just a lure. Definitely a way to look at it. What's happening with Deacon and Gray now is they are descending down and down. We're going to have a reveal, and then we're going to have our final... Yeah. 
We're going to get we're going to get a little bit more of our mystery, right. even we, though we've kind of guessed it. Yeah, we, we, we get a bit. We get Mandeville back. We go into a room. We find the cage. Or a chamber. We start. Are, we start getting more folklore stuff, and then we find cages. And they're little cages. Little little cages. And mm. there's drawings on the walls. And there's writings. And there's, there's tons. Ma- of... Mandeville's crazy. Right. He writes, "Please God, save them and forgive me. I have a new master." Right. And there's an altar with a spiral on it. And there's which turns out to be. A sacrificial altar. There's baby skeletons. I think they find the baby skeletons in another room. But okay, it, but, but basically, if you were doing a synopsis, yeah. yeah, Mark is chanting. The passage is tightening. We see tons of symbols, sigils, and figures. That's yeah. right. We start basically seeing some weird, devilly looking thing. It doesn't really hook up to what we see. Right. Eventually, we see a kind of traditional, creepy demon looking thing. It doesn't have bat wings, if I remember, but I think it might have goat horns or something. I don't know. Yeah, there seems to be almost some, like a crown. There's, there's a something that a heavy metal band would, uh, would, right. would you know, you, <laughs> right, put, right. you know, put on your jacket or put on, a, you know, the side of your van. Or like when you're in the woods, drink a beer, smoke a pot. There are baby skeletons. Be, they realize that they've all been sacrificed. Right. To be perfectly clear, there is something under the church that has been drawing people there or has in the past drawn people there and they like sacrifices. Interesting is that if I were to argue on the side of why would they continue going, I would still say, unlike most movies, there's no cult down there. No. They're not hearing... Most of these... Most of the Wicker Man style, you know, satanic thing is when you go down those stairs, you will start hearing a Black Sabbath Sure. A, a Sabbath, a dark, you know, yeah. you will hear chanting many voices. There will be torches on no, the walls. The town's so, down right, there. Right. That's what you think. No. Is the town's down there. Or there's a couple of, you know, executioner looking dudes with, you know, you know, you know, Italian yeah. horror. Right. But there's no threat. There's a lot of weird shit going on. But the threat right now is still physical. It's still them getting through these tunnels. And there's actually a smart bit of business that I didn't notice the first time. Because as I'm going, I'm, I'm, I'm itchy and I'm like, don't go in there. Because at first, you know, I also know the movie. But I'm also like, don't crawl through this shit. You're really leaving yourself. <laughs> Even though, yes, they do know that they're in a very bad situation. And it's a possible horror movie situation. We're the ones who are bringing like our role-playing game and horror brains to this going. There's no cult. There's no group. They've not seen a physical... Well- haven't you murderer i feel like you've been laying the groundwork for the explanation through your whole the way you've talked about this movie it's deacon's hubris yeah well but at the same time but deacon does want to make up for what he's done but he brings greg with him. he really does does he need gray because he needs backup he's also controlling gray he's also shutting down gray's fears getting him to come with him i don't think he's doing it to be a bastard at all no i don't think i think he's keeping gray with him and he's I think he feels he's like he's going to win this one. He's like, well, that's the thing. He thinks, he, I'm going to win I this think one. I, I forget what I wrote down. He knows best how to handle things. Yeah. He knows best how to handle And so far, there's been nothing to punch or hit or affect <laughs> you in this movie physically, except a bunch of kids and some bar people. Yeah. I mean, they're both super scared because of the phenomena. But the phenomena hasn't really necessarily demonstrated killing people. Deacon can think that there was these ancient druid people doing this and Mandeville went nuts and they were killing kids. We don't have Mandeville here. We don't have Krellick in front of us right now. I mean, you know, the thing that's really fucking them up is getting through these these tightening passages. That's, and they, that's something that's very important. How do you get back? How do you, the writer-director does a really smart thing, I think, in that they go through this extremely tight uh, 
corridor and he pulls Gray through. He manages to get, it opens up again. It's, this serves a couple of things that work really well plot-wise and logic-wise. So they're in this incredibly tight thing and it's ter well, they're terrifying. Well, what we should explain is that the corridors go from you've got tight little corridors and then there's a little room and then it's a little tight and then there's and a then crawl there's space. And then now you're crawling on your belly through stuff. And there's the ground is touching you on almost all sides. Mm. I mean, it's very, but it opens up that first, I did not remember this. Challenge for them to get through this one passage and I thought, oh, this is, yeah, this is the end. It opens up to a full chamber. They get out of that. They're out of that crawling on their stomach, hurting themselves. And that's when they learn, that's when you get all the exposition. They got through. Okay, I thought so that the, I thought that those horribly tight passages was one extended towards the ending. Right. They are they actually kind of like well like whew, literal breathing room. They ha the chamber is large. When they find the sacrificial rooms and the rooms with the skeletons and everything, they're not. It's not claustrophobic in the same sense at all. These are chambers for taking for, for the for the for, for the for things to take place in. They're not these tunnels. They're not mm. these crawl on your belly tunnels which they end up in. Um, and they keep seeing Mark. Right. So it shows that there's room for them. And then they start, I think they then, that's when they hit also multiple passages. Right. They hit this, where the fuck are we going? And there's and, like 10 ways to and go. And as they, and as they start going into these passages and it gets smaller and smaller again, there's a chain. Passages not look natural or look like they could be built or they look like they're clay, they're rocks. They get to a point. Yeah, the text has changed constantly, but they also and, and it says it. Uh, I, I, Deacon says bit tight in here. <laughs> yeah, because he's basically going, "Come on, lad." He's, yeah. he's still doing this, move him along. They get to a section though where it's not rocks anymore. No, it looks kind of like earth. It starts it's, to get. It kind of looks smoother. It's different color. It's, it, it's yellowish, yeah, reddish, like a like a rust maybe. And there seems to be... It's not poor. It's not... Well, it's not porous. Yeah. It's not porous and rock-like. Yeah, it's... It's not earth-like. And there seems to be also discolorations yeah. on the wall. There's, and yeah, gray starts flipping right. out because right. it stinks. Right, and he then... And it literally gets tighter and it's wet. And when he touches the wetness, he says it's blood. Yeah. And... And then they can't get out. No. Gray says, I can't... Because he says, all right, let's go. Let's get out of here. Which is like, you know, good. They're finally like, they're not seeing Calvino. They're not hearing or seeing any sign of Calvino and Mark anymore. They can't move forward. So they're like, yeah, okay, let's go. And he goes, I can't, I can't. Um, it's blocked. The way is blocked, right. Gray says. I wrote down, sphincter, blood, it burns. I wrote, it's moving. Jesus fucking Christ, this is the end. Digestion, right. searing them. You said it wasn't real. Right. Dissolving, and, screaming, harrowing. Right. My last notes for this are, they are digested. Deacon prays, our Father, hallowed be thy name. So it turns out the that end. they are almost in some kind of stomach. They're in a stomach. And they are digested yeah, by enzymes. or Enzymes are burning them. You and know, it's horrible. It's horrible. They're, they're, the they're, angles, the, the harshness of their, of their, I don't know if it's the camera, I can't remember if it's flashlights or camera lights or... Gross. Right. And and and, Yellow, it's, and and Gray says, and this comes back to what we were talking about, he goes, he said you it said wasn't it wasn't real. He said it wasn't real. And is his line. I think that's his last line. That's great. Yeah. And, they, and, and then there's the final prayer. They're dead. Yeah. The end. Total party kill. You don't know. Krellick, Calvino, and Mark, avatars or... 
you know what specters when they were in corpses. we'll call it we'll call it the the digestive tube <laughs> and he sees the blood yeah i wonder if whatever our they already got, got, they got, got they got yeah it's super possible i mean the way that they if 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 you take Mark as it's it's you know I don't know it's so weird because when they found skeletons like the kids or were the well, were the kids just sacrificed that's and, that's an interesting they, thing because the skeletons exist yeah does this shit out the skeletons yeah God only knows right I mean you feel like with the with this thing might be big the God or whatever it is because you don't it's it probably just, not even a God it's it's a giant it, fucking snake well, when I but it, except for the fact that you've got the seeing. Krellick pushes it a little beyond well, just th- being some beast. I think I think what you get here is there is an entity that was worshipped, yeah. that likes sacrifices, that can manipulate. That's the thing. That there's can clearly there's, there's clearly manipulation going on here. And, there's and, dream and, manipulation, and and that's why it gets into Lovecraft. Yeah, I mean, so. yeah, you could easily say this is something that showed up on an asteroid. You know, this is something that yeah. be, that that landed here, like. The color out of space and decided to stay or I mean is it stuck is it happy when I originally watched Borderlands this was you know in the middle of uh, August Scott Dorward yeah he wrote that this is his favorite found footage film. yeah you know, Scott I, we, does we, the give him the plug for the podcast the, the good friends of Jackson Elias and uh, uh, which is the uh, role playing Call of Cthulhu game and, and and he told me that this he it's funny because I played in Scott uh, was the game master for the only games of Call of Cthulhu I've ever played, mm. and one of them was called Murder Shack, which I ha- which I was a play tester in, and there's an aspect of it based on Borderlands, which yeah. I was like, holy yeah. shit! In a conversation I got, I, got I wrote at the end my crazy brain thought of the Shunned House. Because ah. now the Shunned House is the short story that kept me from reading Lovecraft for years. <laughs> uh, it's the I'm digging in the basement and there's right. a giant elbow. Go yeah. fuck it's yourself. It's a big elbow. Go fuck yourself. Oh, come on. I think it's funny. Hey, look, I went back and reread yeah, everything yeah. you ever wrote. And I, I, that's, defend I think that's, the that story's, well, yeah. yeah. I, I, that story's ridiculous, but I love the visual. I mean, it's a great visual of and, basically and, just like, you And know, what I thought is this yeah, idea I found that thumb. there is something under the ground. Sure. There's something older than this. It, it, we don't know. It's, it doesn't give a fuck. What's Lovecraftian about it is it's, non-denominational it is not religious <laughs> right it might not even be pagan it right. might be what that there is there's there is just something it has nothing to do with right. with uh religion or god it could basically there's no. there's nothing the church doesn't know anything about it right calvino says that they don't know what it is it doesn't matter what you call it right it's a great way of basically is saying the, there's a bugbear down there right and you know i always you know, there's you know a it's scene, a great old when one. they're getting trapped in the part that kills them i wasn't sure if i saw what appeared to be a sphincter like thing closing yeah but i also think that the sigil the symbol of the oh, thing is that a mouth is that an asshole huh, is it that's a, interesting is it a, a maw or, or is yeah it's funny because i kind of part of me thought wondered if it was kind of a uh I don't know how to pronounce it. Ouroboros, Ouroboros, uh, the okay. worm. Yeah, because it's like a snake well, swallowing yeah. itself down there. I, I kind of saw a large intestine, a large right, right. tract that they that they found themselves. In. I mean, it's just such a sick ending. Yeah, I mean, it's just and such you like a... those guys so much. Oh my god! I, I watching did. the two of them. I mean, you're not only watching them die, but you're watching them dissolve. I mean, do yeah. they deserve this? It's like Alice in um, Lake Mungo. It's like this is just punishment beyond what they did especially for gray because it's not like it's an it's, it's he's faithless or an act of faith damned him there was nothing to believe in here no. they're all wrong i mean calvino to a degree is right 
He's you know what I mean? It's because he splashed the target. He just Yeah, but he doesn't he, he, he doesn't, doesn't he obviously doesn't know how to fix it. And he, uh, right, that's true. And he didn't know what it was. He just but I mean, it, the funny thing is, it's like did they ever fix it before or did they just shut it down? I, I'm because wondering they, I think, they let this place after did, did the church find out about to me, Mandeville? When have, to me when when I mean it's t- not necessary. It's not right. a plot hole, but I think when you when you talk about the the idea of the Vatican and the Vatican archives and these Certain Vatican people that go out and do things and debunking, it happens a lot in a lot of stories. I think what you're supposed to believe is that it happens, but it happens fairly rarely yeah. compared to, yeah. you know, every yeah. 10 kids that think they're possessed or every 100,000, yeah. yeah. you get one or two. But yeah. I mean, but based on what we're seeing from what the, the, that the, the, the congregation sends out, they don't have a miracle on record. But at the same time, Deacon talks about them covering stuff up. But he's talking about the mess that he made. Or, uh, or, They're talking about... But they could also... But it's interesting. Are they also yeah. covering up times where they found monsters that sure. they, can't, they can't... And they wouldn't even it. tell them. Because Bellum is what he seems to be referring to. And Bellum was physical causes. Human mm. causes. Human mistakes. Human... But there endeavors. is an interesting thing. I, I said this before. That the, one of the last images you see of Calvino, his eyes are bleeding. Huh. So that reflects, so that's like uh, Frizzetti, right? Who supposedly then saw God. Um, well, it might just be a cute bit because sure. Calvino's going to see this God, <laughs> yeah, or or this supposed God. How does how do people see this footage? That's the pin, right? The relay. Yeah, my feel. I, that's the, interesting. Pro, the problem I have because that's the what relay. I was thinking. It's like, how does it? I mean, are we just right? Because, is it just that it's it's a, it's a, it's an omniscient given? Here's a movie we're seeing this. Right, there is no found footage, to be but found. there is no bracket. There's no bracketing. There's no uh, buffer at the beginning or end that says, in 2017, this footage right. was found. Uh, we cannot verify. Those, this and, was uploaded to the internet and, and it those, disappeared. Those cuts that show the landscape are obviously not part of the found footage, but. The relay thing is a very odd bit of business. To uh, yeah, I don't know. So I'm how that works exactly. Well, I don't think it. Is I don't think it does. Or is it just, My idea was, how is this going to get him out, or is this recording their footage? Yeah, we'd have to look at. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I, we'd have I to look that up because yeah, I'm not sure what the relay. I mean, I I don't know if the relay was basically a um, what's the word I'm looking for a uh, shit like a beacon a beacon. Hmm. I don't know if it was something that he was supposed to... Uh, yeah, I, I think it is. That's what I'm saying. But I also wonder, that is my one out, that if this was... Well, it's an, interesting, it's an interesting detail. Everything up until that last day is going to be is going to be at, their, at the cottage. Right. So the church is going to have to come in and snuff all that. Mm. Or the townspeople. Who the fuck knows? And that's the other thing. The, the things that it left me with was that I was just... Mark and Calvino's disappearances is a weird factor. Mm. That... You know, I don't want to go over it, rehash it a million times again, but that and Krellick, are they dead and raised? Are they dead and manifested as the way that the dreams that were used uh, for What's-His-Face, Mandeville? I mean, there's there's definitely ways in your mind to solve that. Mm. But I'm just curious because it's funny. The first time I watched it, I took everything literally. You know, the God's not explained. Um, and the... Uh, the townspeople's relationship to the god is not right. Is not to me, I look at it the down. way I look at it is there's something off in this town. Sure, it, well, it the is. Town it, is it, a facade. A gentler color out of space. There's something right. poisoning the land. Is it possible the that the town was established to quietly serve this god? For all we know, you know that there's a tolerated amount of people who Does go missing. Evil... Do they need this town to be here so that this church can be here? 
so that there's still a but that, feeding. But the but the possibly. church was closed for right. hundreds that's the of thing. years. Yeah, that's the thing that's so weird. Or, or at least, yeah, 200, yeah, yeah. But there's also... But they also allowed think, it to be opened up. But maybe the town is off. That's why those kids set fire to a fucking sheep, which is a pretty drastic... That's a really... ...thing to do. Bored teenager thing Yeah, to that's, do, that's yeah. a little beyond... I mean, it's just... Yeah. Church. But then again, wait. We see the, the beer can and the, and the cigarettes. So those kids have been hanging out in that church... So Maybe they, those kids have. Been they might have ear affected. bleeds yeah. too. Krillick and, and Mark are two priests hmm. that are not very priestly, and not very good priests in a classical sense. Well, the funny thing is about Mark is that is he even really a priest or is he a bureaucrat? Yeah, I mean that's just, the weird yeah. thing. I mean, also here's the thing: Krillick and Mandeville. Maybe these are the types of people that uh, the god can can reach. Mm. Do you know what I mean? The yeah. special, the dreamers, like in yeah. the Cold Cthulhu, that right. are artistic or. Or in some like in some damaged people, they could be influenced. Yeah, and that these are the these are people you know high strong, uh, miracle believing. Uh, who knows mm. uh, if this was you know if you were to do the comic book prequel or whatever the fuck or the sequel is Krellick a local? We don't even know. Was Krellick drawn here? Did he have dreams? He yeah. says he's not like Mandeville, but that could also just be him. Uh, denying Did he kill himself because there's no miracle or is it possible that he's afraid of becoming a Mandeville I don't right. know you know, you, know it, you can stretch it it's it, interesting because you can spin right it's a, it's an interesting world it's a, it's a good story with good characters I think it has a very good payoff I think it's well directed T- terrifically it's directed. well shot it's real I, I thought the acting was terrific I don't mm. care what anybody says I, I, I found it just super satisfying. I, I said this before. I don't think you need the found footage. I do think that the immediacy of the cameras works really well. And I think also... I don't think it detracts oh, yeah. at all. I think it actually helps. Because the oh, thing is... Yes. The, the mission that they're on calls for... Them. My point, I guess, is to... In a also, how do you, saying, say, It's really hard to film. This movie's almost too, too good for found footage. I, I know what you're saying. I know and, what you're and saying. And that's kind of shitty way of putting it. But for me... Not being a fan of found footage. But it's not, yeah, it's captured footage, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah it's cap. well, no, no, yeah. it is found yeah. footage. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, is that the, all three of these films that we're discussing in, in, in these episodes are self-aware of found footage tropes and right. are trying to well, well, run around them or use them. Right, our, our next film is definitely, that's... Butterfly Kisses is the, is, the, is, is self-aware, the self-awareness is baked into the... I mean, it's ridiculously baked into right. the uh, uh, the framework. Lake Mungo and Borderlands is kind of like, how do we avoid the just running around screaming? That's not what they're interested in. No. What they're the? coming for us. What? Hello? Oh, it's the signal. The end song is called The Trooper Cut Down in His Prime. It's very pretty and it's very sad. Yeah. And I feel so bad. Well, here's the thing. It's Gray's movie. For a long, and then it becomes Deacon's movie in some ways. Deacon is our tragic hero. Mm, and, okay. Uh, because he really is the motivator. And it's just really sad that Deacon just doesn't learn from his mistakes. No. Deacon is a bad idea engine. He means well. He won't allow other people's ideas in. He's fucked up massively and cost people their lives. And I don't know if he's trying to redeem himself. I don't know if he just thinks he is righteous. And, and correct here but boy does he fuck things up I, I'm surprised on how much I liked it yeah yeah I'm really surprised I found it really effective I, I would have never watched this without your recommendation yeah and I stumbled into it I, I, I can't remember why I started watching it because I think it was after I watched it the first time I went oh fuck this is Borderlands a movie that I had on my 
check it out list yeah. from gosh only knows what podcast or article I read that said here's some movies to check out. It was a real real surprise and I just really I just I just thought it was a lot of, a lot of fun and it's great, you know. Right. So yeah, so that's our uh, that's our second found footage movie that we really liked. Yeah. Our and that was a deep dive we did. A yeah. good deep dive. And um we're going to come back with the third and final which is Butterfly Kisses from 2018 that's also currently on Tubi as we record. Yeah. And, and you uh, should watch it because, you know, everything here is spoilers. Butterfly Kisses has a lot of moving parts. It's a quarter to one in the morning. I'm going to pee again. And Are you up for it? You're damn right Let's I'm up for it. Let's fucking do it. Thanks for listening to this yeah, one. Yeah, thanks. This is this is episode 19? 19. It was supposed to be episode 18, but we're, we're, we're doing, we're doing a marathon and cutting it into three. I'm and, enjoying uh, the hell out of this. And we are going to be coming back with a, with a deep dive on a movie... I think I like because it's almost made for me. It pushed a lot of my buttons. Yeah. But yeah, Butterfly Kisses is, uh, is next up. Okay, I'm going to go pee. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Join Paul and Evan next time for episode 20, the final installment of their three-part deep dive into found footage with 2018's Butterfly Kisses. Find the podcast online at tearthemapart.com. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Follow on Twitter at TearThemPodcast. You can support the podcast on Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash TearThemApartPodcast. Check out the Tear Them Apart podcast channel on YouTube for occasional live streams. Borderlands. You'll find it on the final prayer.